What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have the episode many of you have been waiting for, and that is the Two White Lights Yearly Award Show. So Steve and I popped open a few drinks and gave out some awards, the most prestigious awards in powerlifting, in our opinion, to some of the finest lifters, some of the finest lifts, some of the finest moments, and also some of the finest moments on Two White Lights as well throughout the year 2022. So great episode. Some... First, in this episode, too, we had a live vote during it because the vote, the, the the voting and the decisions got a little contentious between Steve and I, and who would have thought that's pretty much the biggest thing about 2022 is us arguing, and yeah, we had to get some votes to settle some things. Great episode. We love doing this one. Um, it's a long episode as well, so if you guys are listening to this, it might take you all the way through Christmas, perhaps up to the New Year's even. It's over two hours, so make sure you are listening to it. Also, make sure you are subscribing to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating on both. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and also go to twowhitelights.com, subscribe there, and go to the shop. Get all this merchandise out of here for the year 2023 or before 2023. Use some of those new athlete codes that we got make sure you're buying some stuff make sure you're subscribing to two white lights and without further ado here it is two white lights oh baby i like it bro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two White Lights and welcome to what has become a favorite of many fans, the best fans in powerlifting, the Two White Lights fans. It is the Two White Lights Award Show. Steve, do you have your tuxedo? I'm I'm wearing it. Mm-hmm. It's it's my it's it's my Canadian tuxedo, but it's a tuxedo. Yeah. I'm you stole that off me, so it's kind of awkward that we're wearing the same thing at okay. this award show. You well, do it I'll go change to my birthday suit then. Yes. No, I want you wearing just the bow tie. Okay. Deal. When we Deal. do this, when two white lights becomes more popular because we're already exceedingly popular now when we have an award show that's in person that we invite people for that we make awards for and we have it at a beautiful banquet hall or a hotel you are only going to be wearing a bow tie and cufflinks and high socks if i will i will go on record right now saying that if we make it to a banquet hall with people flying in from all over the u.s for our award show i will do exactly that okay well, I mean, you by you saying that that's put it on put it by put you it saying on that, no record. Happen. By you saying I am that, okay with something happen. going on record, and I won't deny it after the fact, saying it was not on record. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, but you, I mean, if you say that prior, I think people would avoid the the award show. But still, I I think I still think people would do it. But yes, the Two White Lights Award Show <laughs> did it last year. We have a blast doing it. I mean. 
uh, the Two White Lights fans listen, like listening to it, but I just enjoy doing it because we get to recap the year, everything that happened in powerlifting, and we do it the Two White Lights fashion where we talk a little bit about lifting, but then we talk about the weird intricacies that go along with powerlifting, like social media shit. Um, a little inside joke serves a show as well. If you're a fan of this, it is going to be uh, a doozy of a show. So let's start off with a very important word. Let's start off hot here. Podcast story of the year. And last year, it was like a no-brainer win, USAPL versus IPF. But this year, we had some good stories. Nomination number one, IPF bench rule changes, I believe, one of the most high, the highest interacted posts on two white lights, breaking records. Nomination number two, the IPF inter- interferes with Summit, creating an enemy out of Steve Denovi. Nomination three, which I don't think this should be nomination three. It should be a nomination is Angelo's Nut Butter. That apparently was a podcast story. Uh, it, nom- according to our listeners, is the over is the favorite. They voted for Angelo's Nut Butter. Well, the listeners don't know shit. And nomination number four, Rondell suspended. Um, but I, I want to throw in one more here. When I almost got kicked out of Powerlifting America Nationals. I think that was just a good story okay. to, to throw in okay, there. Let, I'll, the Angelo's nut butter was for fun. Let's throw in what Angelo confronted at PA Nats. Yeah, by um, okay. Gaston's, par, uh, Gaston's American Affiliate Nationals. So cause that, was a good, that was just a good story yeah. to tell. If I, I would mean, have actually I, got kicked out, it would have been the podcast story of the year. Oh, 100%. Never shut up. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We, we've got another Nationals next year. We'll see how that goes because I'll be there. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be there this time. Well, actually, it's you, should, you, I you might should as be well, there. I, I, I'm going to make – I mean, if I have time, I'm just going to go there. Why not? I'm, for, I'm forgetting you can easily get to Austin. I'm thinking last year how we were both there in the first place to begin with commentating uh, game day anyways. So, uh, I, so one thing to notate, we're going with four nominations. We'll talk about some notable exclusions. I mean, there's a big notable exclusion, and it shows my humbleness. I'm leaving out Steve after dark becomes a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that's not a story. That's, I guess, podcast segment of the year can be Steve after dark voice. Um, and also an award best-selling shirt on Two White Lights store. I'm very upset about that. I for sure thought my PR City shirt would destroy your shirt it's just a better shirt and if you guys haven't bought it yet you should go on the website get a pr city shirt we don't have any more after dark shirts that are in normal sizes because you sold all of them i'm i think part of it's because of the voice and part of it is because you have a weird like niche fan base you have a cult following you oh yeah it's 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 not about the how good the shirt is it's about the culture and community around it and and people are really into like i mean i have a following but the After Dark following is a special crowd. It's a crowd that I really hope I don't run into often. I've I ran into many After Dark fans. Well, after I mean, Dark you're enjoyers. a Steve, you're a Steve After Dark shirt owner, so you're kind of part of it. Yeah, I didn't technically buy it. I had it actually. I left it at TBS. Oh, you I actually did buy it. Did you not fund it through your own bank account? And that is a very good point. Yeah. Well, that was for that was an investment. I still don't think it was. <laughs> it's still a purchase. It doesn't go in the book as a purchase on my end. Um, yeah. I mean, I own it. I wore it once or twice, maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, the Steve After Dark enjoyer and the fans are 
are, are an interesting crowd. Um, when they tell me they, when they, when somebody tells me they enjoy it, I'm like, you are, if you don't get as uncomfortable as me during it, you're an insane person. But, um, the nominations that we have here, I, I guess the IPF rule change gave us the most content and gave us probably the most amount of debates. And it was, it's, it's, a it's a perfect storm of logical debates humor and just you get everyone who doesn't compete in powerlifting your gym meathead commenting on as well making it just a great way to waste seven hours of your life just going back and forth on an instagram post and a comment section of something like it's it's uh it's definitely an argument worthy story and Per our winner last year, USAPL versus IPF, it's the only one on this list that I think is going to be just as much of a topping or talking topic next year as well. Oh yeah, because we haven't even seen it implemented yet. Once we see it implemented, and the, the I mean, the inevitable crap show that's going to be, um, it's only it's only going to be the gift that keeps on giving. So I'm I am I am very confident that one will continue to be a topic, and I think that has to be the overwhelming winner for podcast story of the year. Well. Because we talked about it, but nomination like two and four, the IPF interferes with Summit and Rondell being suspended. Rondell being suspended is like legitimately the best podcast story in the year in the sense that if people, if they weren't public about it or we didn't do it on Two White Lights, people wouldn't know about it and it's just fucked up. <laughs> like, it's just a true story. That is fucked up on many levels, and it happened to a lifter. They explained it, um, and, like, <laughs> it's actually, like, legitimately a journalist story. Like, this is actually, I, for we, once, if, us doing good journalism. Yeah, and you can suck it on Reddit. Everyone who said it was bad journalism on Reddit could suck on it. I'm going to make a show that says hashtag good journalism, and that was our good journalism moment. 2023, the year of occasional good mo- journalism moments, and that's what we got there. I'm fine with making it because we're going to have bad journalist moment of the year. I'm okay. I'm okay with like, yes, I agree. Good journalist moment of the year probably would be that. And then I'm going to give myself to in the sense of uh, calling chance and then calling Jamar's uh, performances. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's a whole cap. That's getting on a whole caveat. We got to stick to podcast story of the year. Well, I mean, I'm saying IPF, I'm saying IPF bench rule changes. Um, I'm going to go with Rondell being suspended. And I think the tiebreak here is the people. And they said Angelo's nut butter, which is ridiculous. And second place was IPF. All right. So the IPF rule change on the bench press is the winner. We'll send over Gaston um, a trophy if he will accept. I think I'm sure he would. I don't care if he... Like if it's just an award, like oh cool, and he's he's proud about the bench change. He's like he's not like oh I fucked up here. He is happy about it. Oh yeah, I wonder. Oh, I wonder if he knows who we are. If we if we got an award, would like he be ex- like? I don't would know. he be like oh it's two white like douchebags or would he be like oh someone really likes me? I don't think he knows who we are. If I'm gonna be honest, I don't think so either. I, I know. I know. uh other people in the executive committee for IPF do, but maybe not Gaston. That I didn't know. 
I just feel like there's still well, because the person who runs powerlifting America is on the IPF executive committee. Oh, I actually did not know that. Okay. Oops. Bad yes. journalism. All we right. talked about it. We talked about it last episode uh, that I, oh, I, yeah, okay. I secretly alluded to who is the one that made well, the call on Rondell getting suspended. Oh yeah. That that's probably at the secretly alluding part where you also lose well, me in the process. All right. So, Podcast story of the year, IPF bench rule change wins. Now we got breakout male performer. And I like this one because you can go a lot of different ways on it. Nomination number one, that random Asian guy, Keenan Lee, who is competing or who, when this episode drops, has already competed in USAPL South Korea. Chance Missile, Emil Krastev, Dan Grisby, and I am going to throw in Joe Bornstein. Okay. Well, here's here's one that we have to discuss because I have him as a notable ex- like a, a notable exclusion. The weird thing is, last year we had Bob as the breakout candidate, meaning he hadn't broke out yet. Do we count him, or is I almost feel like he's so good that I can't count him as breakout male performer? And like I actually like looking back, I feel like he kind of broke out last year at the VA Pro when he totaled. Or what did he total last year? He got – it was – all right, so it was a staple performance, and I would qualify it at, as his breakout meet because I think more people were talking about Bob after the VA Pro as opposed to Ash and Petrie. Like, I would actually put Petrie in the category of breakout lifter if he already didn't win breakout lifter of the year before, right? Yeah, he could have been, but I have him as notable exclusions. I probably would have included him if it wasn't for the fact that he won Breakout Lifter of the Year last year. Yeah, you can't I feel win like Bob is past. Twice. I don't know. So are, are, that's, that's your call. Do you want to include Bob in this or no Bob? No Bob, only because we have another category that Bob is in. And it's probably better, considering. It's probably a better yeah. list to be on. Um this one's tough. I, I'm not going to lie, and I, it's just based on, like, the subjective thing of what a breakout lifter is because Keenan Lee definitely broke out. He is now in conversations with Ash, Petrie, and Bob as far as best lifters on formula goes in the USA. And Perkins, you got to add him, him in there. And now Joe Bornstein. Um, Chance Mitchell has probably been, like, if you go power rankings, the person who's made the most progress in and like you always known to be a fantastic lifter, but now he is legitimately one of the best in the world on dots and in his weight class. Um, like I, I have a problem with Dan Grisby being on here because Why is that? I don't know if I could qualify him as a breakout lifter, but huh, he's a tough one and, and because every, he has like not these... only debt. Uh, obviously people know him just for his deadlift, but he literally not only broke out in the sense of hitting a thousand plus pound deadlift, but he broke out this year and actually being a full, like well-rounded lifter who was like one of the best untested lifters. It could be a bias thing for me because it's just like, it's one it's untested. Sorry. People from the untested side. Like I do focus on the tested side a little bit more. That's my bias there. Um, But I think it's more so like I knew how good of a lifter he was for a long time. Like since like 2018, all these people, we could say that about Chance. We've known Chance is a great lift. This is the breakout year, though, where good Dan point. took right. that leap. You make you you make Dan a good took point. the leap this year. But I would still so as just initial and uh, Emil Krasev too. 
I, I would agree with you on that one as well. That is that is a breakout meet. Um, you know, in spite of a, a rough, I think the, the Euro performance obviously knocks him down a bit there because it was a bomb out. I don't agree with the bomb out. I think it was shitty judging, but it's a bomb out nonetheless, and that's going to hurt you in this. But I think Joe Bornstein's case is higher than Dan Grisby, and he's actually like my true definition of breakout because in 2022 – or in 2021, did we know who he was? At yes, all? we had him as breakout candidate. Uh, okay, so candidate, but he, okay. So we knew who he was. Now I do remember because he had the label of just really good young lifter. The year he's had is unbelievably remarkable. To go T-Nationals. And do well, you know, he, he had a good meet, but it wasn't, I, I think, the meet that he wanted and we were expecting. But it was still a very good meet. Destroys C-Nationals, still has a really good total for the 75-kilo weight class, but then gets second at Nationals. And then total 780. That is a remarkable, remarkable year. And pulling 750, taking Atwood's record, I would not have guessed, or technically taking Atwood's record. He was 75 kilos. Atwood was 74. Um, it, you know, so the closest comparison you make. But I can, I would not be able to guess this would be the type of year that he had. He has exceeded high expectations. That is a really difficult thing to do. All these guys had, like, an expectation about them. Joe Bornstein's one of the few guys, like, okay, you're going to be up here towards, you know, maybe a top five. And if he just got fifth, if he was fifth right now in the 75-kilo weight class, he'd be like, okay, now he's number two, and he is really knocking on the, on the door of Austin Perkins. I would not have guessed that. So, my counter-argument, because I don't, I don't disagree. Because of your argument, I'm going to move him up, because I was kind of debating between Keenan Lee and Chance Mitchell. I'm going to move him up in that category. Yeah. Thank you. I am eliminating Keenan Lee because, well, we're going to see him Sunday, but at the same time, he's only done local meets in South Korea. Yeah. Like, is he a breakout performer? Yes, but we have to take the accomplishments of other people. My issue with, so I'm, I'm picking Chance. Okay. Because Chance won at arguably the highest level in one of the most stacked weight classes in all of tested powerlifting after what being, was he bare? Was he, was he top? He was just breaking in the top five at nationals last year. Was he, I, I, forget, he was where, I forget where he got third. I want to say fourth. So I he went, wrong. he went from fourth to yeah, winning yeah, fourth. IPF worlds in against Keiko in arguably the most stacked class in all the IPF. Joe's incredible, but one, Joe's breakout perform real real breakout performance was a local meet. Mm -hmm. He did not win nationals. If I'm go if I'm going like whose accomplishments are greater in the year at hand, it's chance. I honestly think we could be talking about Joe next year in this category if he was to beat Perk and win nationals, and we'd say he is the breakout male performer of the year. I don't I don't know if I can put him as above chance when chance achievements are just higher. Okay. That is a valid argument, but I think I'm going to go with Joe Bornstein because of the reason that just 
the bar was placed and he just took the bar and fucking threw it on the floor and then went so high above what I was expecting for him to do. And I think the rest of the powerlifting world, like, but it's, I mean, I do agree though. Chance Mitchell winning IPF worlds in 93. If you say it's a start of 2022, that's going to happen. I'd have been like, no, like, what about Gavin? What about Gustav? What about, you know, the people Keiko's actually battled head to head with? Chance has had such an amazing year that he put himself into that category. When we did the preview show, I'm like, yeah, Chance does, in fact, have a chance. Um, no pun intended. I really hate it. I just said that. Yeah. Uh, I might edit that out just for pun's sake. But um, No, don't. We need <laughs> hated, it. Hated that. Yeah, it was so – yeah, I just got annoyed. Um, towards the IPF Worlds preview, we thought that he had a chance to win. Um, and he was able to do that, and that's a very difficult thing to do. But I just think based on my definition of breakout, a young lifter who we see him, you know, compete at T Nationals and then takes that performance and ups it two times in a row and starts to lift real legit, legit, legit world-class numbers. Now he's finding himself in the top 10 in the Pro Series. He's going to be at the Arnold finale, and he has completely arrived. It's like, okay, good young lifter. And now he's just a great open lifter. He's one of the best open lifters in the world. So based on my definition of breakout, I'm going to go to Joe Bornstein. So if we're disagreeing here, how are we doing tiebreakers then? Well, this is on you. I mean, Joe Bornstein wants to say something. It's Steve Novi because Chance Mitchell would have those votes. Well, I mean, I did do the poll and Chance won. Exactly. But I didn't That's have Joe Lit. Exactly. Yeah. But this, is some, this is a contentious one. And Joe Bornstein... Is going is if there's anyone to be mad at right now, it's Steve Denovi, not me. Blame Steve. I'm fine with that. I will I will take the heat of Joe. Hashtag hashtag blame Steve. Um. Also, I think an exclusive. Well, all I'm gonna say, all I'm gonna say, you need to think about this. I'm gonna give Joe. You're gonna take the heat of Chance. Who came out on the end here? I could. I. It's not like it'll be the first time. So um, I'll I'll live with this one. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Joe's, Joe's such a sweet kid, though. Exactly. He just... Well, but, I mean, do you... Like, it, it's, it, it makes you feel worse when someone who's not completely... Out, depends on who you talk to, as far as outspoken goes. If you ask Flex, maybe Joe Bornstein's too outspoken. People don't forget if you delete the post. People always remember. Um, and Chance is known to be outspoken, so it's like... Sometimes you just feel a little bit worse for, you know, or you feel like that little thing, like, oh, maybe I maybe I was wrong here if the, the guy who's not as outspoken says something. But, yeah, Chance Mitchell will be your winner. Um, for exclusions, did you put I, – I would put John Morgan, Hill, too, in there as big, far as exclusions who? go. John Hill. Yeah, well, no, because John Hill I have his breakout candidate. We're gonna yeah, get but him. he could still be an exclusion from a breakout lifter. You know what I mean? Like, I would put him up there just because, like, he has, like, three meets under his belt. And he's, he's, you know, a contender to be 100. But we'll save it. Morgan, well, the thing, Morgan uh, Garcia, We're getting though. mixed up. And also you, because I have Joe and John as 2023 breakout candidate of the year. We can and we're, still you're, do that. you're going the opposite and calling them the breakout performer of 2022. No. Wait till we get to the debate. We actually have debate there. It's different. That's... Hey, it's an award show, and all award shows are oddly subjective and kind of make no sense. That's the beauty of them. 
Well, when you put it together, and I, I'm the one that put it all together. Like, think, Breakout Male still. Performer is someone who actually won. They won. Okay. And you, Breakout Candidate, they have not yet won. Okay. But still, you can still do that. Chance did win. He won it. That's why, yeah. Exactly, okay. won it, so shut up, god damn. All right, best female lifter, uh, or not, uh, best female breakout, uh, or be best breakout female performer. So we got Carlina. Do you know how to pronounce her last name? I think he told me, and I... Tonga, Tongatea? Tongatea? All right, that sounds right. Agatha Sicko, Kaj Jacob, Samantha Rice, um, and then for notable exclusions, Jessica Spanel. Alexis Jones and Gabby Martinez. This one is, this one has probably the best notable exclusions because I think you could all put them as legit nominations. But I do think there's a little debate on this one. Carlina, this, this is this is this is arguably the hardest. I I disagree. One to pick. I like Carlina been, the most. Well, I, I got Carlina too. I'm picking Carlina. Okay, so I'm what's saying the debate that then? what I'm what I'm getting to like versus men. They when I was looking at this, they were. The the amount of women that moved into that elite level this year that had really weren't on the scene last year is incredible. Like we had so many. Like if I'm look like I'm gonna let's look at it. If I'm going to the top women, where's that women? Can I ruin this for you really quick though? Because I know we we just talked about it. Did we have what? I'm trying to remember this back to last year. Did we have Tiffany Chapone? As one of our breakout lifters? Uh, we had her as breakout candidate, yes. Okay. My only issue there is that she won Worlds last year, and then she won it again this year. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I consider her as much a breakout. Crisis avoided. Crisis avoided. I agree. Okay, continue. <laughs> well, I'm going through it. So people who are in, like, the top 15 that legitimately we weren't talking about last year, Carlina, Jad, Agata, uh... Eh, Kiara Bernardi, we were kind of talking about. Uh, Gabby Martinez, Evie Corrigan, Jessica Espanol, Samantha. Jo I don't know. There, there's. I could keep going on the list. There's so many women in like the top twenty to forty that really kind of burst onto the scene this year. It's it's insane. Um, which a lot of it's just international. But going back to our actual thing, I'm on the Carlina bandwagon. Mm -hmm. uh, Agata was incredible. She honestly, if it wasn't for Carlina's new performance that she did at Commonwealth, I probably would have picked Agata because the fact is Carlina never competed at Worlds. That was kind of a weird thing. But the issue is, is Carlina's total was so insane at Commonwealth and it actually affects maybe Agata for sure. Jessica Bittner, because it kind of screws them over for Sheffield because she just reset the world record. Yeah. Like notably higher than it was. Jaja Cobb, she now has the, she has not unofficial. She has the world record total, but she didn't win worlds. Samantha Rice on the untested side was a huge breakout. Gabby obviously won nationals. Jessica won nationals. Alexis won nationals. I don't know. It's almost weird because Carlina arguably has the least amount of accomplishments on this list. since so she did not compete at a, at a IPF worlds. But I'm with you in the fact that I think she's the breakout female performer. Cause I honestly think she's the best 76 kilo lifter in the world right now. Yeah, I do too. I, it, it, it's just based on, it is really based on that performance, but like that. Now this is a person have zero idea who she was going into this year. And I think Pete Spence messages me during collegiate nationals. Like, dude, did you see this? And I'm like, 
no, and he just he just shows me the the stat line of Carlina, and I'm like, where where did this come from? And this is like you have no idea of this person's existence, and it's like okay, she's possibly the best 76 kg lifter in the world, and that is not an easy weight class to be the best lifter in the world at. You have absolute sharks in that weight class, and she is potentially the best one out of it. I mean, it could go to Agata too because of what she did at Worlds and what she continues to do. She competed at the World Games. Did she win the World Games? No. Well, I'm confused because there's multiple titles. I Because Rhea, Rhea Sten won the heavyweight group. Maybe Agata won. The, no, because I think that's the same here, class. Okay. I don't know. Bad journalism here. I'm but, wrong. But, but she won equipped Worlds, right? Did she? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. All right. Well, the all the equip lifters, if we have any, just stop listening. But it's they, like, they already stopped listening. They, They've list they stopped listening a while ago. Yeah, they stopped at the draft. But um I think I, I, I think Agata, like based on accomplishments, like has a legitimate claim too, but for me it's just like I can't go past Carlita. Like I, I knew of Agata within this year. I had zero idea of Carlina, and this is the performance that she put on. So, And then also, I mean, we have a fantastic line of um, breakout lifters. Uh, Josh Jacob would be another one of those. Um, Samantha Rice, too. I think I... Samantha Rice has the disadvantage of doing it in January. You know what well, I mean? No, she did it at the... She did it at the USPA Raw, mm-hmm. too. But that was... So if I mean a completely unhyped and untalked about me. Exactly. So hybrid was this fantastic battle between her and a lot of people can considered to be the best female lift running on test side by far, even though I I would give it to um what the fuck am I blanking? Chrissy Hawkins. No, not Chris oh yeah, Chrissy Hawkins, but also Hunter retired. Yeah, Hunter Henderson and then the person the rap lifter. How am I forgetting this? This is terrible journalism. I have to edit all of this. Mariana? Yeah, Mariana Gasparin. Holy shit. Okay, I mean, you're retired. Maybe that's why I'm forgetting. But like, if that happened, if you flip it, if she wins the if she wins the pro, the USPA pro in January, and she wins this one in October, I think the claim is stronger. That's just a stupid thing about sports at times. Like, if it's not a recency bias thing, even though Samantha Rice killed it at the USPA pro, but if it was that performance that beat Hunter Henderson in a really good battle that came down to a deadlift, then, uh, you know, has a stronger case for this. And then, you know, the honorable mentions too, like Gabby Martinez, beginning of 2022, being a candidate to be the potential pro series winner, that's a bold take, and she is totally in that. Jessica Spanel being one of the best lifters in the world. Um, Alexis Jones also, like... I think the heir apparent to Bonica Brown, as far as lifters go, or I mean Monica Brown. I'm, I'm sorry, Jonica Frown. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. No, yeah, don't I'll say ble- don't I'll, say her. Don't well, say that name. We're not allowed to. I'll bleep the first part. Um, but yeah, like there's great, yeah, great honorable mentions. But Carlina is my pick. Yeah, I'm going Carlina. I think I I would have went Jod if Natalie didn't total more than her. And obviously Natalie did it like. What like fifty seven point something? She wasn't in the, but she could have. She could have cut and been there. Uh, that's could, yeah. I'm Carlina. That, so that would be the, that's the only thing with right, for me is that Natalie add, actually had the highest total. Yeah, you can te- you can technically add um, Celine to this too, right? As far as breakout lifters. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Celine too. Well, eh, it's a I, tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one because, yeah. like, I don't know. That's yeah. The the most subjective can uh, like thing will be just judging who's a breakout lifter and who's not a breakout lifter. Um, I, I can't. I, I, actually, I think I didn't have Celine because I I expect Celine and Natalie to have done what they did. Yeah. I did not know about Carlina or Agatha or Jad or Samantha. I did not expect that. Just like I didn't expect Chance to do what he did. I didn't expect Keenan Lee or Joe Bornstein. It, w- it wasn't expected. Yeah. Um, I You know, I can't believe we didn't lead with this one, but best powerlifting clothing line, Leflar Bros is an easy win for me. I don't even think there's another nomination that we could possibly have because that's how good Leflar Bros is, especially another award, best discount code in powerlifting, 2WL15. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftlarbros.com and use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on the best powerlifting merchandise there is. It won an award. It won an award, so that means it's true. Look yeah. good. And CB CB wins an award for best database of feet picks on his home computer. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really hard award to because you know the internet is full with really good ones. Yeah, especially really, two really white lights listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the same people who like to see after dark voice. You don't yep. want to run into them in an alley or really anywhere, even at like a, a Friday's or a Achilles. You just don't want to run into them ever. Library, church, <laughs> especially not church. You do not run run into them in church. You know, Jesus will be crying. Use that promo code two WL fifteen to you to get yourself the best powerlifting merchandise to look good in the gym, outside of the gym, on the platform, off the platform. And twenty twenty three is going to be a big year for them. I saw a little sneak peek of the comp shirts and the and the socks. I like the colorways. I like how they're looking. Make sure you use that promo code two WL fifteen. And you know what? Second best promo code in powerlifting goes to Orc fifteen. Congratulations, silver Thank medal. You. Nothing wrong with silver. I can tell you that right now. It's better than bronze. So, yeah. remember, 2 and also follow him on Instagram. All right. Best male lifter of the year. We got a big one here. John Hack, Jesus Oliveras, Bob Matthews, Ashton Ruska, and honorable mentions go on here. I mean, Blake LeHue, Taylor Atwood, Austin Perkins, Rondell Hunt, uh, Russell Orhe, Chance Missile, Jonathan Cakel, Jamal Browner. There's a lot you can pick Petrie. from. Uh, did, I, did I not say Petrie? You skip Petrie. All right. Well, rewind it. See if that's true. I apologize, Petrie. But, yeah, Petrie would be up there. So these are great nominations here, but I think it does turn into a debate between John Hack, Jesus Oliveras, and Bob Matthews. To me. I agree. I mean, my pick is easy this year still. John Hack went 661. Fuck. Yeah, 661. The no all-time greatest dots ever. I think even raps as well. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I think he broke the record. Yeah, he broke the raps record raw. So, it's Hack. I, I don't. Even, I don't honestly think there's a debate yet. The only debate next year, when Jesus totals 2,500 plus, Jesus will win it for me. I think if Jesus had, yeah, I think if Jesus won or or took the um, all-time world record total from Ray, Ray Williams or the world record total from Ray, Ray Williams, I've been told not to say all-time world record because that's more of an untested thing, but. The world record total from Ray at IPF Worlds, which 
To me, I think he should have because it was just kind of like judging stuff, and it was kind of tough calls into a way that Jesus lifted at Power of Thing America Nationals and IPF Worlds. The list just didn't count. Um, he would be my lifter of the year. And Bob Matthews, pretty much the same same thing. Um, I think if he would have broke 600 dots, he would have been uh, my best lifter of the year or just up there as candidate. But it's Jesus Oliveras is that guy for me because we are seeing a potential uh, all-time lifter who can break into just different realms of the, the fitness world, much like Ray Williams did, but just – you know, have a more modern version where the lifts that he's doing are surpassing amazing lifts. Um, but it's like, it's it's kind of a letdown because it's John Hack, and it's like, yeah, he wins everything, and then he won these, like, two years in a row that he's going to win this award. I like Perry. I mean, this year, this year, the crazy thing is, it's not like he just he just kind of, like, tied what he did the year before, so it's just honorary. Mm-hmm. He did better. Yeah, he had a six sixty one dots. He's the, you know how good someone is. It's like um, it's kind of like when you remember when LeBron James you get to give the MVP award to LeBron James every year. You just didn't. It's kind of like John Hack. It's like, yeah, we can probably give him the award every year, and probably should. But it's like, do you just do it to get someone else in there? Talk about someone else for a little bit. Well, it gets to the point. Like I said, dots is dots. I don't want to ignore it regardless of what some people think about dots on posts. But Hack is just on his own planet. The only thing that will change my mind is some otherworldly total by Bob or Jesus breaking 2,500. Because Jesus breaking 2,500 would, I mean, it would it would shatter anything done in sleeves, tested or untested, highest total of all time regardless. I mean, everything about it. Jesus goes 2,500 in 2023. Mark it down. He's my best male lifter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no debate for me uh, on that one either. So, best male lifter, John Hack. Congratulations, two-time champion, John Hack. And now we have best female lifter. So we have nomination one: Chrissy Hawkins, Leah Bavois, Tiffany Chapone, Joy Ninamani, and a lot of notable exclusions: Samantha Rice, Hunter Henderson, Amanda Lawrence, Natalie Richards, Jessica Bittner, Agatha Sicko, Josh Jacob, Celine Crum, Gabby Martinez. There's a lot you could pick from on this one. Um, Steve, who do you like for best female lifter? So this one's weird because everyone has their kind of semi question mark to an extent. Mm-hmm. It, it's between Christy and Leah for me. Leah would not have been in the realm if she. She didn't have that super meet. If she, if she, like at the, uh, at the Arnold Euro, what I think, I think it was Arnold, Arnold UK. Euro. I want to say, I, was it Arnold, Arnold UK? UK? I don't know. That sounds right. Arnold UK. Could be if totally she didn't wrong. have that meet, I wouldn't have picked her for many reasons, but one, because she did not compete at Worlds for missing weight. But since she had that meet and it was at 63 with IPF judging and hit the first 600 plus dots as a tested female. I think she has to be back there. My debate goes between the her and Christy mm-hmm. because we do bias towards tested powerlifting, but Christy in the same year hit the highest all-time dots raw and the second highest all-time dots only five points behind Mariana in wraps. That's an historic, historic year. And honestly, I was leaning towards Leah, and as I'm talking about it, 
I, I struggle to say Christy didn't have the best year of any female in powerlifting. It's well, just hard because on the women's side of untested, there's not really head-to-head competition. They're just kind of competing with themselves. That is an excellent point, but I'm going to make this even more difficult to come up with an answer. My pick is Jessica Bittner. I think she is the best female lifter because I think on the untested and tested side, she is the person who's constantly challenged and has, I think, the most difficult amount of people to beat. Maybe with going and Amani getting up there, as far as like people he has to hold off to be, remain at the best. Jessica Bittner is in a situation that she has to elevate herself being the best. Where Leah is, she's having, you know, she has those super meets, but no one is really pushing her to get those super meets. Jessica needs to be in a position to get better or she will lose. And she didn't do it this year. Like she was able to have the best battle and win. And the only, the only problem with Jess with an argument against her is like, she doesn't have a national meet that. Well, and, and Carlina has the world record total over her. Yeah. But Jessica has not competed yet. You know what I mean? I, like, I agree. If they were head to head, it could be different. But Carlina ended the year with the world record total, not Jess. Leah and Christy ended the year with their world record totals. But fair. if you that want to push fair. back on again, I don't. I don't have a clear cut favorite here because Leah missed weight at Worlds. Christy is on the untested side, and our untested people might be pissed off, but they don't face head to head battles or direct competition. That would really and piss them off. We already said that. We we, we already. We already know White Lights has a big thing about direct competition, but I don't know. I, I it's tough. So you're going you're going with Jessica Bittner then? I think she is the most impressive lifter of the year, and I think she is the best female lifter of the year because of her performance at IPF Worlds, um, what she did at her own nationals. That girl power meet could be a blemish against her too, but like that was a meet she took on super short notice. Oh, she, I don't, I don't think that's a blemish because she very openly stated like that wasn't like, she wasn't like trying at that meet. I wasn't, I didn't even know she was doing the meet until she competed at the meet. So like I, but it is a blemish technically because it like, regardless if you were like preparing for it or not, you still did it. But I, I, I can't get over over that IPF world's performance. Jessica's kind of like Russ where I don't think she could, she couldn't have these performances multiple times a year. Because she doesn't hang, she doesn't hang around her actual competition body weight. She only, she only cuts down once, maybe, maybe twice a year in range to actually get to her her weight class. Yeah, but then if we go to the opposite side here, it's Leah, and I would probably, okay. probably no debate for me if she just does IPF worlds, even if she goes like six for nine and like doesn't win best overall lifter, she's going to be my best female lifter of the year. All right. Well, I think I'm I'm going Christy Hawkins. I've talked myself into that. I don't think I can deny that. Mainly because she did both. If she had just set the raw record or just set the rap record, that's one thing. The fact she literally did both in the same year, I, I don't think I can overlook that. Well, I mean... Well, here's also the argument for Chrissy Hawkins. She essentially just pushes away competition. Because oh, yeah. Because people, people do don't not do, want to compete against her. 
people don't do meets because if she signs up, they aren't winning. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a good argument for. I'm going to go Jess Bittner on this one. So, I think by voting, Chrissy Hawkins would be the winner. What do you mean by voting? There wasn't a vote for this? No, I didn't do all of them. Uh, I only did a couple just to okay, like. So what's the I only did a couple just to so, like hype up the show. So the I don't tiebreaker? know how we do a tiebreaker. I say Unless this: we, we, just we just post it now, or we do it. You want we to post really, it right now? We will know we release the episode. Oh yeah, or we yeah we could do it within the episode release, which right now it is Thursday. We do it Monday, and it's a tiebreaker between who is the best female lifter of the year. Jess Bittner. We got to announce it live on. We have to announce it live on here, though. That doesn't. That doesn't sound good if we're not announcing it live. We did not think this one through. <laughs> we didn't. Agree, we didn't just. Dis, we didn't disagree as much last year. <laughs> we yeah, agreed you know. on everything last year. Yeah, I know. That's. Well, uh, that's the caveat to, to this your, one. Well, honestly, it's that we can't. We can't I, do I'm going to tell you right now. If we post this one, Jessica wins. Yeah, I know. Christy won't win. I know. I know. Do I concede here? Do I concede that's, and just give? That's Christy? not it. That's not I even. You know I, what? I want to talk any concession. If, every right. single other person has a I, knock against them. The only knock is you're saying Christie's untested, but I, I just no. I, I yeah. I don't I know. Don't, well, the knock is more so that you know there's not that competition. It's it's much easier to pick awards when somebody has a season, right? And the untested side doesn't really have a season. It's just random meets. So that's why, but that shouldn't count against them because Chrissy Hawkins is kind of driving competition away. So I will concede on this one because, one, it helps simplicity, but also the arguments are very valid, and she really doesn't have a legitimate knock against her. You know, like a legitimate one. It's more of a personal and a bias, and, you know, no personal biases should not exclude you from it. So I would agree. Chrissy Hawkins would be our best female lifter. Okay. What do you, well, I'll tell you how we'll decide. You did the first concession. The next stalemate we have, I concede. Okay. We'll go back and forth. All right. Um, but also, I mean, who would have thought? Look at us. Two white lights. Has two un- yeah, two male untested and best lifters. female lifter, two untested lifters. So um, best male squats. So we're going to go to individual lifts here. Uh, Jawan Garrison, Jesus Oliveras, Jamar Royster, Ashton Roska. And we have notable exclusions. Uh, Keenan Lee, Bob Matthews, Russell Orhey, Joe Sullivan. Austin Perkins, Dan Bell, Shane Holler, and Chad Penson. Um, yeah, this one's hard for me too. I guess because I, now, now when we're hard, talking about I, single lifts, it's like, what do you so just find to be more impressive? Jawan squatted seven sixty one at one eighty one. If Russ or Jamar did that, would we even be described? Would we even be debating it? Yeah, one's a two hour way and one's not. <laughs> That's my argument. I say Jamar, I say Jamar, Jamar Royster is my guy. Easy. He did it. He he did but it with a two-hour weigh-in. I mean, if you're if you're if you're going wanting to go Jamar though, we gotta go. I mean, he actually is ranked below Ashton on squat dots mm-hmm. for USAPL. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like if we're going, I'm looking it back up. Squat dots. I don't care. Year. The top squat in USAPL this year off of dots is Ashton's 370 kilos at the Arnold. Jamar is second place with 327.5 at Corrupted Classic. Well, we're going to see all those guys squat against each other at Nationals at a point. 
Um, assuming Jamar stays 82 and a half and Juwan actually does national. So we're all going to see it. I mean, yeah, I guess based on math, it's, it's action, <laughs> which I guess is like a completely different thing. I mean, what do you want to go with? Uh, do you want to, what's your pick? I'm picking Jawan. Okay. Because I mean, he squatted 39 more pounds. I would maybe agree with Jamar you did. if he didn't do I a do USA under, kill I do me. understand. And what did he squat at the USA? What did he squat at the USA? I don't. I mean, as much as I want to act like that was a representation of of Jawan, I don't think I can. But but he's. This is I where think if, he if you're going to say Jamar, I, I don't think I can heavily argue it. I can concede. I would go. I would, I would go Ashton yeah. if you're just going to go based on formula alone. You know, like I'd be all right with going Ashton. I, would, I could go, I would Ashton. go Ashton. Yeah, just it's it's just based on formula and. You know, all that good stuff. And, I mean, and also, Jamar didn't completely just destroy the record. Like, he's close to Russ on that. But I think if Jawan – I think Jawan, Jamar, and Russ all will be super, super close to each other on squat with that two-hour weigh-in. I agree there. Yeah, I agree. Ashton's kind of blowing I, I people agree. out of the water, right? Yeah, I mean Keenan. Keenan was t- well. Keenan was ten kilos off. Is that really close, though? I I don't qualify as close. I mean, at three sixty to three seventy percentage wise, it's not that far off. But I agree. I mean, like I I'd be fine with either Ashton or Jamar. I can go with either of those. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go Ashton, just because. Okay, I mean, go it, it would just be a lot. I'll be go Ashton too. Logic. If I was like, okay, well, Ashton had actually like the most impressive squat. Jamar, I. I Best squat in the 82 and a half kilo weight class to me, definitely Jamar. Tested or untested. That's my take. I I I, I can agree with that after your argument. I, I concede <laughs> that I, I'll put Jamar over Jawan. I like I like that. I liked your argument. All right, looking at best female squat here. Uh Leah Baval, Amanda Lawrence, <laughs> Shonika Farfrown. <laughs> it's on the nomination list. It's going to be so mad. We might get sued. Uh, Samantha Rice, Hunter Henderson, and then notable exclusions, Bobby Butters, Gabrielle Phelps, and Natalie Richards. Um, to me, it's Leah on this one. This will be back-to-back for her, right, if she yeah. wins. I think, I think that one's easy. Yeah, I mean, we, it's Leah's was like... We might blow through these with, uh, <laughs> with these single-lift ones. Yeah, Leah, Leah's was like far and above everyone else. I, I don't think that, that was even close. Yeah. Okay, well, sorry uh, for those looking for a hot debates on the squat. Now on to best male bench press. We got Eddie Berglund, John Hack, Jonathan Keiko, uh, Kose Yokoyama. I believe you know that's who, it. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I do. He's, he's the he. Well, for people listening, he's the guy that was in that IPF bench post when they <laughs> made the post the day after, and then a seventy-four kilo lifter benched five hundred one. Yeah. Holy shit. That's so crazy. Emil Krastev, um, do you know how to pronounce this name? Elias Bugalum. Yeah, I want to say Bugalum. Yeah, Elias. Jawan Garrison will uh, round out the notable exclusions there. And I think much like last year, do we have really a debate against John Hack? Well, I would say I Kosei. Think, honestly, the Kosei. Kosei Yokoyama has a debate. Yeah, I think there I would is say debate so too. there. 501, 227 and a half at 74 kilos, I actually think is a debate. I'm going Kose. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going Kose. I'll go with you. I'm all, all right. All right, Kose. 
<laughs> Do we know his handle? Because he deserve he de- he deserves <laughs> it after what uh, IPF did to him. I'm going Kose just because I know John Hack is blowing everyone out the water, and we gave him best male lifter of the year already. Kose though, what's the next closest 74 kilo to him? Atwood, right? And at, what is it, 440 or something? No, I think it's no, it's Eddie Berglund did 210 at that meet. Oh at yeah, the Euros. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah. I mean, that's amazing. 500 pounds at 74 kilos. I mean, do we have a 500-pound bencher in 83? No. No. Owen Hubbard's the, the closest one. Yeah. Don't have it at 83, and then you have to get to 93 with Keiko before someone's really passing him. Yep. Him and Emil going 500-plus, I think. All right. I like it. I like I like Kose there. Best female bench press: Jen Thompson, Alexis Joes, Jess Springer, uh, Donna Berglund, Kalora Gara, and Laura Maltelin. I think that's how you pronounce it. I I will go with that. I'll, I'll trust your instincts. Okay, for me because like the goat just keeps on getting more goatier. I like Jen Thompson for this one for sure. She actually, I mean, she actually made the best progress on her bench in years this year. It, it's, yeah, I kind of thought like, okay, this is legit the year she's hitting a wall as far as total goes, as far as bench goes, and she surpassed that. Yep. All right, no debate. That one's easy. Yep. I think yep. the next one's pretty easy too. Yeah, Dan Grisby for I mean, best male deadlift. Dan Grisby, Jamal Browner, I see in in Haro. Chance Mitchell, Angelo Fortino, um, notable exclusions: uh, Sean Jabril, Brian Lee, Brandon P- or Brian Lay, Brandon Priestree, Eric Lapointe, Joe Bornstein. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to debate deadlifts all day with you, but <laughs> you you had a guy who completely shattered the the lift that no one thought or the most coveted thing in powerlifting, a thousand pound deadlift. And he just shattered it. We didn't even get yep. a chance to really like fully savory enjoy the thousand pound deadlift because he just, because he went so, so far much. over it. Yeah. It wasn't like he just hit a thousand pounds. It was like, he, he made a thousand so easy and then he just shattered it. It, it. it was almost, it was almost anticlimactic how easy it was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, especially with that new Kabuki bar, it's like, it, it was, kind of easy work for him. Cause that was his second attempt. I think at, uh, the Virginia yeah, second attempt with a thousand, the American pro American pro. And then he surpassed it on his third attempt. So no debate there. And one of the best powerlifting moments of the year too, was that deadlift. Um, best female deadlift. We have Jess Bittner, Jordan Amani, Tamara Walcott, Chrissy Hawkins, Dana McNeil, Chandler Babb, Jordan Pantone, Samantha Rice, and Carlina, um, Tongo T with Natalie Richards rounding out the notable exclusions there. Um, do you think there's more debate for this one? Because I say Jess Bittner I and Tamara Walcott would be the actual debate here. I agree, but Jessica is not that far off of Tamara and uh, is on a stiff bar at 76 kilos, so I don't really think there's much of a debate. I think Jess, Jessica kind of runs away with it. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. I, that's the one I was looking at, like potentially, because we have our, you know, we have our like favorite nominations. Um, but 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right there. All right, Jess Bittner wins best female deadlift. All right, now we get back to the contentious ones. 2023 male breakout candidate. So this is the lifter we think is going to break out in the biggest way in 2023. So, I mean, the list could be massive here. We have Jonathan Hill, Joe Bornstein, Gerald Scott, Brandon Dudley, Devin Williams, Preston Savoy, Brandon, or I apologize, Brian Lay, Sean Jabril, and Alex Lucko. I mean, really, you could probably add a bunch of names here to break out candidate because it's so many people. We're going to get a bunch of juniors in here. Like, what the fuck? We were mentioned. Well, this one's we tough. talked about it last year. When we're talking breakout candidate, one of the biggest things we're looking at is who is most likely to win their weight class at their respective nationals or worlds or whatever it may be next year. That that was the, not just be a good lifter, but like actually win. Okay. Yeah. If I'm looking at this, I look at Jonathan Hill probably as a lock to win 100 kilos. I don't know about with lock. Bob going up. Who, who who else at 100 kilos is challenging Jonathan Hill with Bob going up? Marcus? And I don't think so. Nice. I was I was baiting you for to say that. I I really enjoy this happening by the way. I, I mean I Jonathan get, Hill's going to go pleasure. 900 plus. I we got we got to get Marcus going what 875 plus first well i just no nah, i mean i just i just baited you to saying it. You, i mean you just you just want to create more <laughs> pretty, issues pretty much yeah that I, mean, I don't think there's any yet well, i'm still that. waiting i'm still waiting for his recap to uh uh to call us out again on being wrong because we were wrong this time about the virginia pro we we thought he would uh do a little bit better um so i i would i would like for him to to say how bad we were at uh <laughs> okay we get it steve Predicting that. <laughs> we, we so. I, uh, yeah. No, I think. I, no, you, he's definitely the front runner. He is the favorite to win. Um, it, But you're saying if Bob goes up, looks like Bob's going to go up. I, 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 Has he announced that ever? I feel like he has because I'm just kind of like thinking. Bob? About, yeah. Oh, Bob is like very officially up. Okay. Okay. That's. I don't recall it happening, but. That's why I was kind of certain he was. I just want a clarification on that. Um, you know, I just have a little bit of a different thing on this one because you have lifters leaving the weight class and the person's winning. I think Jonathan Hill will be in the top 10 next year as far as the pro series go. and He's going to be in the finals and possibly getting into that top five spot. He's got a massive ceiling. Let's bring back ceiling talks. Jonathan Hill, massive ceiling. I think I'm going to go back on my Joe Bornstein bandwagon, though, on this one. The only thing that I'm more leaning to Jonathan Hill on this one, which could totally end up biting me in the ass on two ways, is Joe Bornstein has made it, I want to say, clear, or it's not crystal clear, but he's eventually going to move up a weight class. And it might be within a year. It might be within 2023. But <laughs> Joe Bornstein, the way this guy is lifting, it wouldn't surprise me if he just goes and deadlifts 800 in 2023 and weight class above. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes and increases his bench an insane amount and his squat comes up with it. And then he's potentially up there in the running for the best 82 and a half kilo lifter in the world. 
But then if you look at 75 kilo weight class, it's just a battle between him and Perkins. But say if they both total 800 or something, or something nutty like that. Or let's go 790. Let's be a little bit more conservative about it. I'm going to take that performance over just Jonathan Hill simply winning 100 kilos, even if it's second. I don't think I don't think Jonathan simply just wins 100 kilos. That's my thing. And let me let me caveat some things. Marcus is totaled 875. John totaled 872 and a half at nationals. My thing is though, John only weighed 94 kilos. I, I would, and he he had, oh, he pushed that third yes. deadlift, and I believe missed it. I, I mean, I think, yes. I think Jonathan <laughs> yes. will actually push close to Bob's 930 by next year. Okay. So then what are you more confident in? Him doing that or Joe Bornstein going over 800 kilos? I'm more confident in that mainly because I don't Joe is doing incredible. I want I, I I don't know how much more he can squeeze out of seventy five kilos. Okay, but then, so Jonathan Hill, say he does just blow away the hundred kilos, and he's gonna probably be top five, I think, in the pro series next year. But if you get into formula with Joe Bornstein, do you think there's any way that he has a better formula than Joe Bornstein? I think they could be very close. I think it'd be very, very close. That's I think a, let, let's say they tie on formula. Him? I just think Jonathan Hill has a better chance to win his weight class than Joe Bornstein does. Yeah, but I mean, so let me bring another alternate scenario. Austin Perkins is out with a hernia injury going into nationals 2023, and Joe Bornstein is the clear, easy favorite to win. Then is Joe Bornstein the breakout superstar? Or breakout star. Not when Anasa's not when Anasa's gonna about the total seven seventy <laughs> to seven eighty. You're such a prick. Have have a little way out of everything, even though I gave you a really good <laughs> scenario there, because like that's kind of what we're we're talking about an all time lifter in Austin Perkins. You know, what he's totaled seven ninety and eight hundred in the past. Um and in spite of him being very young, with Joe Bornstein possibly contending for that, as opposed to Jonathan Hill, where we're talking about more of a I, hypothetical total. My single biggest issue with your argument is the fact that you said Joe Borenstein was the breakout male performer this year. So, and but, now you're saying he's the breakout whoa. candidate for next year. What I'm saying Jonathan argument? Hill hasn't fully broken out, and next year is his breakout. You're saying Joe oh, has already broken out this year. God damn it. I think, well, but still, if he didn't win breakout lifter of the year, then he's my breakout lifter to win breakout lifter of the year next year. Right? He's still in the contention for this. This is why breakouts, it's, just, it's, so, it's hard to argue. You know, it's it's you're talking about someone you, who you're potentially saying, can be the best. You're saying for him to break out further, he's going to have to notably do better than 780 kilos. Yeah, but I mean, what's notably 10 to 15 kilos? Because that's ridiculous. I'm talking John about doing like 60 kilos. Okay, but we're talking about just un just unprecedented numbers. The only person to do this is two people ever in the sport. To go over I, 785. John and Bob. Only Bob's done 930 at that body weight. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying your but arguments if, are poor if, here. If, I'm you're, just if saying- you're stuck on Joe, I, I'm on. I mean, we can keep going for a while. I don't think we're going to budge. If you're saying Joe, I'm saying John. I'm not budging. You're not budging. I'd have to concede I, this I, one because I gotta, I'm due hold, to concede. Hold on. I, I, I might want to save my con- concessions here. Um, okay. 
I I'm gonna go. I I I can't see a situation where I just can't pick Joe Bornstein in this. If I said he's my breakout lifter of the year this year, then I think he would be my breakout candidate because if he wins 75 kilos, then then he's for sure the breakout lifter of the year. Right? We can agree there. I he already broke out this year though. That's my thing. God damn it! That's so annoying. <laughs> That's so annoying. All right. Well, shit. It, it, you just yeah you just put me into another mental pretzel again because I'm like if he already broke out then I shouldn't do it I should go John Hill but he was on the nominations too I put him on the nominations because of you I didn't have him on there because I had I already had him breaking out <laughs> all right what are you what are you what are you going with man I just I, I think I just really wanted to give Joe Bornstein an award but. You know what we should do? We should do a poll. Has Joe Bornstein broke out this year? That would be a yeah, good poll. Yeah, that would be a good poll. Uh, has Joe Bornstein actually broke out? Yes or no? Um, so this might be a pending one. This might be up for debate. So if Joe Born, if the answer is yes, Joe Bornstein broke out already this year, then it is Jonathan Hill. Put it on your story right now. We'll come back to it. Okay. Right now, this put is, it on your story. I'm putting on a two highlight story. Joe Born- and just ran- yeah, this is going to be a nice little inception. I'm randomly putting... This on the two highlights story right now, and it's going to be very confusing to people. Just it's like, wait, why are they asking this? And it's just going to be a singular post because I don't think I made a story post in the past twenty four hours. No, I haven't. This is going to be fantastic. All right, so how should I word this? Has Joe Bornstein broke out? Just simply that. Has Joe Bornstein broke out this year, or is next year his breakout is posted? I think you guys just witness history. First time we talked about making a poll. All right, let me go vote. He it. broke out this year real quick. Well, I get two votes. Remember that. Or three. How do you get three? My personal, two white lights, and my powerlifting. Okay, I'll do my three as well. My personal, <laughs> my team page, and my business oh, page. Oh, damn it. The, 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 the team page. I always forget. So let's just, let, let's just call it even, and we only get to vote from one page. Okay. Well, I think we can move on though, because I yeah, I guess if he broke okay, out already, we'll come back to it. Jonathan Hill, and then um, uh, let's go on to uh, female breakout candidate. So we have Christiane Hazard, Samantha Eugene, Cl- Clara Peyron. 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 I I feel like I pronounced it right on the IPF Worlds preview, not this time. Avila, Avila Leu, Gabrielle Phelps, and Carly Richard. This one, I also think, is quite a debate. I honestly, after I wrote I wrote most of these up before the VA Pro, I think Carly Richard, I'm bumping her up because I honestly, I think she's going to be the favorite going into 90 kilos next year. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. Um... My issue, Samantha Eugenie, I did it when I put this. I did not know she is moving up a weight class. She's moving up, and that's going to make it tough because it's going to probably take her a little bit longer to be at the top of that weight class. Mm-hmm. Avila Liu, let me remind, let me get a reminder of which weight class she's in. I cannot find her in open powerlifting. All right, well, screw that. Right? Hold on, I'm, um, I'm just going to look okay. it up on Instagram really quick. We had to edit that out because it just sounds like we're just being dicks and not knowing what she is. She's 56 kilos. Okay. 
So she's 56. So 56 is pretty open. She was near the top. Let me pull it up real quick because she was near the top of that weight class already. Christina Paraki's out. Uh, well, out in the sense that. Moving to PA. Avila was at a. No. Gosh, it keeps wanting to go weird on me. Yeah, this is bad journalism. 430 kilo total. She was only 15 kilos off Christina. She's been making progress of 30 kilo plus jumps per meet she's done because she's only done four meets. Um, I mean, one of the big reasons is, and I guess she hasn't even bumped up a weight class, but yeah, she's made significant progress. I could, I could see her winning 56 kilos next year. I could see Christiane winning 60 kilos next year, depending on what Celine does. I don't know what Celine's doing. If she's going to stay at 67 and a half, if she's going PA, if she's going to go back down to 60. But if, if she is not in that weight class, I can see Christiane winning that weight class. Samantha, Eugenie and Clara, uh, Perud are definitely some of the big up and comers on the IPF side. Gabrielle Phelps, we already talked about. I mean, she's already broken out per se, but I don't think she's known. If she actually did nationals, she'd win most likely. And uh, Carly Richard, um, she got second this year to Daniela, but I, I think next year she's probably going to run away with that 90 kilo division. I'm, I'm leaning towards since Samantha and Clara, I don't think are necessarily winning IPF worlds next year. I would probably shift towards Christian versus Avila versus Carly Richard as my three. I have bias. Obviously, I coach one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Didn't you do this to Autumn Green last year? I did. I think that was valid. We actually have, uh, if, <laughs> No, I mean, they're valid. I'm just saying it's year, funny. We pretty solid. Yeah, it's funny, though, that you, like, <laughs> you just keep on making this award, and it's just other lifters that you – just keep on nominating and winning that just your lifters is going to next year. Lorraine Luna will <laughs> be, be the break, yeah. breakout candidate. Just keep, just keep doing on the list. Like Steve coaches, another, you know, female lifter on the rise. And we just make her the fem uh, best female breakout candidate. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you really going into this. Cause I, I do think that Samantha could, will be the most impressive lifter. That's my take on it. I think Samantha will be in a position to really have this a high dots score or an IPF score, really like depending on how she's going. Um, but I think the person who has the highest ceiling for the most success is Christian. Well, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, I've got her picked. Yeah. Whether it's biased or not. And I, I mean, I, I really think I really think by this time next year she will have totaled over 500 kilos at 60 kilos. Yeah, which would have won the weight class this year, even with Natalie and Celine in it. Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I would put I would put Christiana yeah. as my pick too. I would have picked All her right. after the Arnold. What do you say? I would have picked her after the Arnold. After the Arnold, that would have been like my nomination. Like, boom. Okay, it's her. Just ridiculousness after like, the Arnold. Like, no, like, after that, yeah. like, this year's Arnold, I'm like, mm -hmm. this is my pick to be the best breakout lifter. Is It's her. All right. We have upset of the year. We have Morgan Aquino versus Dan Clements at USAPL Mega Nats. 
Chance Mitchell versus Jonathan Keiko at IPF Worlds. Jamar versus Angelo's Prediction. Steve, you're a dick. I can't believe you added that one in here. And so how does how did that one get mentioned before Celine Crum versus Natalie Richards at Mega Nationals? It's just that <laughs> big of an upset. Okay. I'm surprised these aren't in any these aren't in any specific order in the nomination. Well, I like read them. I'm gonna read them favorite. in order still. Um yeah. I, I would like you to add Angelo beating Sean Noriega. I've got that notable exclusions. I've got Dan versus Ashen Perk at the Virginia Pro. Angelo beating Sean and Gruden at Nationals. Mm. And then I'll kind of say it's Eric not an upset me being all Gruden. the 75s. It's not an upset me be- beating Gruden. It was an upset be- me beating Noriega. I don't. I, I think everyone was like, who's going to win third? Angelo or Gruden? And it's like second, Sean Noriega has it wrapped up. Um, I wouldn't say Eric versus all the 75s, though, is an upset just because I, I had him winning. So. I don't think it's a complete upset, but if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, is Eric LaPointe winning the 75s? I would say probably not. Is and that, that I, I, I mean, he did. I, I don't think he loved is, this comment, but I still think that if people had executed, there were people that could have totaled more, sure. but they just didn't the best because they on the executed day. terribly. But would you be sick? I don't think that's with the assumption Austin Perkins competes at so, either either way, notable exclusions. We're not even. I'm not really even debating that one. Well, we so get to we see. Well, leave. hold on. We get to see Angelo first Nori two, um, at the Arnold at eighty two and a half kilos. Right. He's not doing eighty two and a half. Oh, he's for that he meet. Should, uh, he should do eighty two and a half. And he's not cutting down. He should. He will be eighty two and a oh, half come next nationals. I think no, he, no, 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 no. He is not eighty two and a half. At, he should at the be eighty two and a half at the Arnold. He should be. I think Noriega should do 82 and a half at the Arnold. He will not because we're not risking, we're not mm. losing chips at the Arnold. Mm. Mm. Just like Dan Clements did. I think he your chips sh- will be yeah. fine. I think your chips will be fine yeah. because we're all going to be going for a world record to- or a, a national record total at nationals. So we have chips at, towards our final deadlift, anyways. I think Nori should do 82 and a half kilos at the Arnold. He will not be. Well, he should be. I think you're the best man to talk to. Maybe do you think if I talk enough he'll do it? Do you think if I open my mouth? No. Oh, he won't. Oh, I think he would. No. I think he would. I don't think he would. I think I think Noriega can make a little cut to 82 and a half. I think you should. I think you should. I don't see why you wouldn't. I think it's a bullshit move if you don't. But that's all I'm going to say until we start to get into the prep towards the Arnold, then I'm probably not going to But now's to start thinking about it. We're not too far out. I think you should do 82 and a half. Let's say hey, Angelo versus Nori too. Let's do it. Let's run it back because we're not going to be competing for best overall lifter. Hey, let's give a story. 82 and a half. Do it, Nori. Do it. But on to our right. awards. Upset of the year. I mean, looking at this, all these are great upsets. To me, we just totally didn't give Morgan a shot to win. Yeah, that that's my pick we because just didn't do I it. thought Chance could beat Keiko. Yeah, I thought there was a, there was a scenario Celine could beat Natalie. I didn't even think Morgan could beat Dan in any way, shape, or form. I, I didn't even give that a thought. I would put Celine Natalie up there too because I really didn't think that was going to happen either. But it was it was a thing though. Here it, it was at the meets where I'm like, oh, Celine could possibly win. Even when I was commentating and watching those two lift, I was like, Dan's is going to wrap this up on deadlifts. 
on a second attempt, and it didn't happen. So I think Morgan like wins on that because like watching Celine and Natalie, I'm like, well, Celine's got a pretty damn good deadlifter on her too, and Natalie, you know, she she's got a, a really good deadlift on her. But it's not as, you know, as extreme. I'm like, Dan Clements has a better deadlift than Morgan. And Morgan, with the subtotal, and him actually having a much higher subtotal, was able to win that one. Um, like, watching the meet, I was just stunned when Dan ended up not pulling that out and Morgan winning. And it was more of a testament to Morgan putting himself in a perfect position to win there. Um, as opposed to, like, you know, Dan missing those two. Like, you're going to – occasionally it's going to happen. Um, Chance and Keiko, I mean, you pick Chance to win. I think a lot of people were not a majority. I think it is a definite upset, but I think a lot of people were like, Keiko's going to win this because Keiko always wins these things. And Chance was the guy to actually beat the guy who's in the most amount of battles. Um, to me, that's an upset, but I could have, I, I could have foresaw Chance winning. I gave him a chance, I think in nationals yeah. too. We didn't do a preview yeah. for Powerlifting American Nationals. The, 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 the one that almost ran away with this and would have been unquestioned the winner and probably the greatest upset of all time is if Bob had missed his third deadlift and Dan won the VA Pro. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would have been. That, w- that would have <laughs> been the unquestioned, probably biggest upset I think I can ever think of. And I can remember or think of in Powerlifting history. Yeah, because again. Just the fact that he got second and beat Ashton and Perk was a uh, – was has to be on the list. Yeah, but I mean, he, I would put that over Bob, Chance. Biggest I, upset of all I time. would put that over Chance and Keiko, maybe over Selena and Natalie, the fact that Dan got second at Virginia Pro. Because, again, when you are looking at this meets, I don't care who you are, when you're looking at these meets, and we're like, maybe you can get top three. And that's, like, the highest we get them, and they could possibly just, like, okay, they were second. Like, they went far beyond what you were expecting. That That is... That but I mean that's why Morgan takes us though. Again, yeah. If we if you go back and listen to that Nationals preview, we had to eat a lot of crow on that one because it was like it's Dan and you know, <laughs> it's Dan. But Morgan's a good lifter, but Morgan was the one that ended up winning. So yeah, I'm gonna put Morgan as far as upset of the year. Um, next one which it might cause some division, unofficial co-hosts of the year. We got Solana Lewis, Marcellus Williams, Joe Sanic, Joe Bags, and really, that's it. Joey Shepard is Joe Bags. We just didn't have as many this year. Sean, yeah, Sean wasn't on. Garrett wasn't on. I mean, Joe and Marcellus were only on once. I mean, this one is a runaway with Solana this year. Well, Solana is the – is our person. She does the research. She's able to contribute a lot to these preview shows. And also Solana said it. Yeah. We She's can't... the only unofficial co-host with an actual hashtag. But also it's an official hashtag, but she said it. So we can't say that about Marcellus and Joey. We can't pass That's the true. blame. We can't pass the blame onto them. We can only pass it on Solana because no one is ever going to Try to fight Solana in person, maybe, maybe we'll we'll see. We 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 will see if um her existence on the show ends up in conflict. But yes, yeah, Solana Lewis, unofficial co-host of the year, also two highlights athlete, along with Marcellus. Um, so Solana, thank you for all you do to the show. Also, check out her podcast, The Power in Lifting. I would say two white lights. Um, 
It, it it's like uh, the podcast brother and sisterhood, the podcast family. The powerlifting is probably the closest one to us, where we would actively yes. promote them and occasionally that fucking show Massonomics. Those yeah, guys. we're not gonna give them too much credit though. <laughs> Well, I mean, calling them a powerlifting podcast is something. All right, Coach. That's a lot of credit. Of the year, we have <laughs> nominations. Marcellus Williams, Joe Stanek, Joey Flex, and Jason Tremblay. Steven Novi, thank you for admitting yourself yep. from this. I shouldn't be on this. I know. I said thank you maybe for admitting ne- Maybe yourself. next year. I mean, we, we, had, we had two things to kind of look. I mean, we actually had an actual coach standings this year. Now that didn't cover the IPF, which is where there's some in- there's inclusions here that are not just our coach standings. Marcellus obviously ran away with the Pro Series coach standings, like far and above. He has to be one of the main people. Joe was second, but Marcellus just destroyed it. He's got to be numero. He's got to be numero uno of candidates. The next is Joey Flex versus Jason, kind of on the IPF side. And I'm going to have to side with Jason. He has the number one dots male and the number one dots female on the IPF side and Leah and Taylor. That's a good point. I, and that's where it's, that's, that's where I, I, I actually IPF think side, it's a I would close go flex because of depth. I'm a big depth guy. I mean, Jason has Celine. Nope. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some other ones too. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> because if we keep, if we do this, then it's just going to potentially show that it's, you got your top athletes, but Joey has a pretty deep roster. When you go on the the IPF, Policy America probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't with, without Joey Flex. So there's there's oh, that for aspect. Sure. So it was it was the that, it was the me, Flex Federation this year. Yeah, he's the power of the America coach, premier coach, and the American premier coach on the IPF side, and then on USAPL side, it's Marcellus. But Marcellus right now, I think, has the juggernauts, and you know what? I'm gonna say it. I'm I'm gonna say it. I don't care. You broke your elbow. No, I I. Joey Flex brings his guys over to USAPL. Based on what Marcellus' team is doing, I don't think Marcellus. I, I think, think Marcellus wins the Pro Series. I yeah, I think the Craft. I'm gonna go with the Craft on that one. So that's that's my big argument. Is that's that's my opinion. If Joey brings his people to the USAPL, I. I think with the roster that uh, Marcellus has right now, I think they go toe-to-toe, and I would pick Marcellus's team. Yeah, I agree. So congratulations. It might it might sound a little... To two white lights athlete Marcellus Williams might edit that part out, but no, he's a legitimate winner there. I like I, I think that if you look at what he's done this year and the dominance he has on the pro series and the dominance he has really with every meet now, it is now kind of like what Flex had at a point um, without any sort of rival coaches. Now it's it's Marcellus. Like if we go into nationals, it's like all right, well Marcellus is going to have a lot of winners of a weight class, and also he's going to have a lot of lifters in the pro series. He's got that added depth where it's more like okay, so he's got one the top rank guys, but all uh, top guy uh, rank uh, guys and um, girls, but also he's got like top three and top five people too. You know, it's not just number ones; yeah. it's like people within the top ten, top five, and top three, and getting their medals. That is, I think is what's setting Marcellus apart right now. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he was he was. 
He was he was not even a USAPL bias. If I'm just looking at the depth of the roster and what does people accomplish, men and women, all of that, it's Marcellus for me. And by the so. way, this is a, this is a two white lights award. We, we're doing this. The USAPL does it at nationals, but no, this is our award. The coach of the year, the coaches trophy, is a USAPL award, and I would really like to make a medal or a, a trophy out of this. You know how the Coaches Trophy used to be that awesome crystal football, which I have no idea why they got rid of that. The greatest trophy, arguably, in sports. my Second to the Stanley Cup. We got to make like a crystal barbell or a crystal uh, plate and to send it to Marcellus. Like that's the Coaches Trophy every year. Might be heavy, might be not even within our, not even within our imagined budget next year to do. But I, I would. I like can repurpose the belt. I still have this belt. I can repurpose for something. <laughs> but, but I, I, I want the coaches trophy to, in powerlifting to resemble the coaches trophy in college football because that was the best trophy in football, and but I mean the best trophy I think in, in sports next to the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, Mar- Marcellus definitely has that one for me. All right. Bad journalist moment of the year. I think we are the experts on bad journalism. Um, <laughs> starting off with An- <laughs> Angelo thinking Sam Calhoun won Worlds during a draft. Every single time I say that, I get a little bit more embarrassed. That is a very <laughs> embarrassing moment for me because I was so confident with that. Uh, Steve mispronouncing Shinonika Frown's name which we now legally have to do. Uh, thanks a lot, Steve. That is bad journalism because you forced us into this rabbit hole. You're welcome. <laughs> and, yeah, it's great. Every single time I want to say someone's name right, I can't. You're you're such a benefit to have on the show. And Ryan Lapidette calling Chance Mitchell the winner of Powerlifting America Nationals in spite of Jonathan Keiko winning part of the American nationals. Um, I think the true bad journalism here and I, it, it might come off as bullying. I have now totally not surprised if I've never posted on King of the lifts and if they don't nominate me for any awards that they do. Doesn't matter to me, but that was an all time bad moment. Like, Ryan not knowing who won in spite of, you know, open powerlift or not open powerlifting, lifting cast being up like in front of him. And then you see it also on the screen and we knew it and we were all kind of confused that the call was happening. Imagine if that was another game. That's all I'm saying. Imagine if that was another sport. I am imagining if that was Angelo doing it, I would be making fun of you incessantly for years to come. I actually, I'm getting like an anxious feeling that this is definitely going to happen to me at a point because it's, you will be nominated. <laughs> you co- you commentate so many meets that this is probably going to happen to you. And you know, it, it happened to him. Unfortunately, luckily it hasn't happened yeah. to us yet because we, we have a lot of opportunities to do that. Collegiate nationals could have been an absolute shit show of us just like not even not even calling things because there was just no way to keep track of it. Um, I mean, Mega Nationals is another example where you're commentating like three meets in a day almost or like three meets in a weekend for some of us. Um, I mean, 
I mean, if we made a lot of enemies on the untested side. Hybrid. That could have been bad. Ghost Clash could have been really bad, too. I mean, I could have done it many times at those meets, but unfortunately, he's my pick, is Ryan, because it was... It is. It was a It was. And a, it's not, it's a good not bullying. I no, mean, we've no, said we're it. Not, no, we said it. it on, we're not bullying. No, we said it on this podcast. Ryan is a better, is one of the best commentators in all power fitting. He's better than us. He, he is, is fantastic know, he is at that. He's definitely better but than me. this was bad journalist moment of the year. Yeah, I mean, if it happened in another sport. I mean, it was like... Um, the commentator for the Yankees. He's the radio commentator. He like he always fucks up Giancarlo Sands' home runs. And he once said like like it's belted deep left center, and that is way over the green monster. Giancarlo Stanton rounding the bases. Why is he on first? What happened? What did I do? And he said, "What did I do wrong?" That's what it reminded me of. Like he, Eddie got super into the call too, and both Ryan and this guy's scenario got super into the call. Um, yeah, a lot of energy, a lot of really good like sound bites, one liners, and yeah, it turned out to be a single. I think it was a great moment though. I think I mean, Chance Mitchell did have an amazing. Uh, it was a good white lighted deadlift, uh, <laughs> but it was it was a big moment in powerlifting American Nationals. So. Yep, winner there is not us. We gave it to someone else this year. So, King of Lips, if you guys want to make a bad journalist of shirts, you totally can. You just have to give us commission on it. And we're going to get it trademarked. Yeah. We want to make sure that we, we no longer give away things. Social media post of the year. This is always my favorite. Last year, I mean, it's hard to top last year with the Japanese people being called inferior by the IPF. Yeah, and the women and the women's appreciation and the women's post. post. It, it was hard, but we got IPF bench post. Which one though? Which IPF bench post? The one that came immediately the okay. day after about Kosei Yoka uh, Yokoyama. Yeah, that was them just kind of not knowing their surroundings, um, a banning or or making a rule change having a bench depth and then the one that broke a record did not have bench depth. And it was one of those very short range of motion, uh, bench presses. So that was great. Um, <laughs> so this, <laughs> this was a story post. We love you. The unconventional, uh, conventional deadlifter, but walking to class, a 15 minute walk to class, messing up your workout session, I feel so bad for that one, <laughs> but, but it just caused so many power lifters to bully this kid that I'm, I, we have to put it on there because it's still a joke to a lot of people and people still use it. Hopefully, but at this point, you know, you found the joke in it, you moved on, you made, hopefully made fun of yourself, but all, all time posts, 15 minute walk, messed up your session. Uh, the USAPL posting a bomb out on their main page of a lifters recap. I don't know. Cause that individual lifter posted it on their page first. Correct. Yeah. But why would they repost that one? Yeah. No, it's a double. No, it, oh, it's bad. It's bad from the USAPL, but it's a double bad one because it's like someone posted like this kind of drawn out edited recap of a meet and the end result was them bombing out. So this means they bombed out. Then they had to go and edit all that stuff in, including them bombing out. 
that's insane. But also the USAPL looking at that being like, yeah, this is a totally normal thing to post on our page promoting our federation as a lifter not registering an actual total at our meets and doing the absolute last thing you want to do at a powerlifting meet. Also, that one... It being and highlighting league, it to 150,000 people. They posted something about Austin Perkins right that day. I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, because that's when there's been issues. I don't know. I don't think it's happening as much anymore. That's when there was kind of two social media people, and they were kind of both posting oh. without much coordination. Oh, God. Yeah, that because I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm watching, and I'm like, okay, this is a solid video. I'm like, wait, she, she, she bombed? Why would they do what? Why would that's bullying? <laughs> that is, that is a bully move right there. Did they take it down at a point? Because that's just, I mean, at least IPF. I'm not a, sure. Uh, the IPF at least removed the Women's Day post, which it's funny that they actually did that. They did not take down the Japanese people are genetically inferior to other people in the 93 kilo weight class. They did not. They they stuck by that one. They're like. We still don't see the problem calling someone genetically inferior. There's no examples throughout history calling someone genetically inferior being distasteful and potentially politically incorrect. They they stuck by that one. The Women's Day post, people were like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And they took it down. Because I think they realized like what they said was kind of messed up. Um, do we ha- oh, and, and, oh, and the big one probably had the most interactions. Um, Sean Weez Mills calling out group chats and co- and asking for a coaching commission, um, being up there as well. And that was a good blend of me not thinking it was real, but it being real. And then also like the great thing, <laughs> hypocrisy. And then asking for coaches to give him commission um, causing great content in the powerlifting world. One thing that Weez does fantastic, inadvertently and sometimes advertently, is making people say slogans and people saying catchphrases in powerlifting. Because how many times do people just say in random com- conversation, like, yeah, send me my commission? Yeah. Where's my commission? Send it to me. It- it's because of that post. I, so that that that's an award in of itself, making a post that people people constantly repeats, reiterates, mock. Um, this one's hard. This one's one of my favorite awards too. I can't decide who has the best. Uh, well, I've got the best one. I honestly, I if you want to go to the next? I have two in the notable and the uh, notable exclusions, but honestly, they need to be nominations too. Is is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the notable mentions. I, I thought we were done there. Um, Gage using an office reference. Okay, let's be clear here. Gage used an office reference, but he might have made it like an R-rated or whatever. He he took he he stepped over the line with the office office reference by adding in Adolf Hitler. The stingray. Biden Laden. <laughs> Biden Laden. Biden Laden. Um, because, you know, Bin Laden would have been too normal. Uh, but also the fuck, he, he added in the guy who fucking, the, who shot up the, the school in Texas. I, I forgot about that guy. I don't know. I'm like, 
I was laughing so hard at the Stingray who kills Steve Irwin that I forgot that he mentioned the guy who did the 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 shooting in Texas at, at that school. I'm like, I, I should that probably should have been the first name that came to mind, but it, it wasn't that one. Um, it's in the yeah, it's in the canceled Hall of Fame. I mean, it's right next. It, it's right next to his post. This wasn't mentioned previous year. I think we snubbed him as far as the nomination goes. But him <laughs> getting canceled by the Asian community was that last year or was that 2020? I think that was 2021. I think. Okay. Yeah, we missed that one. Yeah, though. we missed that one because uh, he got canceled by an entire race for that one. So. Yeah, uh, that, that one, that one, <laughs> that one might, uh, that might unfold into my favorite, but also the, the nominated, uh, the other nominated one, Russ saying he's head and shoulders, the hardest work on powerlifting. That one to me is, should not be a nomination simply because he was doing nothing new. It just, everyone lost well, their fucking minds. After I, w- I, I nominated it not because yeah. of like. It's oh no! Because it, of the impact it had, and you talked about everyone saying coaching commission that the impact that post had is arguably the greatest of all of these. Of yeah, how many people I did went see, off on it? I did see that because people would just they would spam my page with it too to say head and shoulders above the rest. Some good memes were made out of that. I of any post that was unexpectedly like on everyone's story had like five hundred fucking comments on it. Um, people asking your opinions on it. It's like, that was a pretty, like, benign post that he made. Like, Russ makes these posts seemingly every week how good he is at something. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I would I would have not thought much of it if everyone didn't get in an uproar about it. But it had too much of an impact not to include, in my opinion. All right, so now this is hard. I don't know what to pick. I'm between USAPL posting the bomb out and Sean Mills calling out group chats and coaching commission. Don't. Oh no. He called out little group chats. Okay. Little group chats, not big group chats, big group chats are a little talk crap. And currently Weez is not a part of any group chats and possibly with that knowledge, he has never been part of any group chats, any little group chats. Like we don't have proof. We do not have proof that he was ever in group chat. So, that's something to think about. It might it might might have been a very noble social media post. Uh, what did you say was the other one? USA pill posting the bomb out. Oh God, I, the gauge one though. It's so hard for me because that's the one that made me laugh the hardest when I saw. I'm if anyone is listening, it made me laugh because it was an office reference. Okay, I didn't laugh because of the potential issues. <laughs> that have been bought about since that story post. Um, I I'm leaning I, towards I'm, that because this I'm is, going towards Weez though because that is that's kind of the most actually or Russ. I was though. fuck. I don't know Russ. Russ being well, up no, there would I'm, be good. There's a difference between a story and a post. Good point. A story a lot of times has a lot less thought behind it, and you just do it. A post 
is more permanent and has a lot more intention, which is why I'm now shifting the fact that the USAPL posting the bomb out may be the worst one because they're 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 it's worse when it's a post. I I think I'm in agreement with you here. Yeah, because last year was an IPF story post because there's a lot of candidates. People just delete their stories really really quick. But mm-hmm. if it's a post, people don't forget. People remember that shit. So. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go USAPL post a bomb out. Okay, done. And we have best meme accounts. No, troll of the year. Oh, troll of the year. My mistake. Which, okay, we'll get through the nominations. There might be um, some debate here. Dan Bell calling out Sean Mills um, from the same coaches commission posts that we were just referring to. The Nori Gaming page, which is a troll page. Um, Does that one still exist? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, John Ack asking Angelo if he's Steve Denovi. This one fucking hurt. So that's why it's definitely my number one candidate right now, number one nomination, and Steve getting people to send CB feet picks. Um, for this one, <laughs> for this one, I feel like I got to think of, yeah, I mean, I, I guess this last year we had amazing trolls because that powerlifting America page. Oh, um, add in there nomination, the powerlifting alerts page of me getting traded from Team Game Day to Team Nori under Jer- um Jaren because there was about five seconds in the morning when I saw the post because I was tagged in it that I legitimately thought I was traded to Team Nori and I was very <laughs> I was so confused on what happened because they did a great job of putting the Nori logo behind me and I'm like I legit was like did I agree to this because I just woke up and I was a little bit out. I'm like did I get coach did I say yes I'm like wait what the fuck and I look powerlifting alerts I'm like oh okay I just got trolled that's a great troll, though, if I actually believe it for five seconds. And people ran with that, but a fucking party pooper ruined that page. I wanted that page to continue. Just bullshit. What, what party pooper ruined it? I don't know. What... I think that's confidential. Okay. Yeah. I. There was another post after that that apparently got oh, some people got mad. It. I remember now. Got it. Which, I remember. Come on. Such a good page. That was one of my that that would have won number one. That that page alone would have been number one if it existed. Um, I'm going to say Dan Bell calling out Weez was not a troll. That was a guy talking legitimate shit to someone because he was mad. Not a troll. I don't think he was even joking. I think he was like, "Fuck this guy for saying that people owe him commission just because of his influence on the sport." I'm going to remove that okay. from trolling. I'm just going to say I agree that. Dan Bell was plays just power thing pissed off. Yeah, uh, Dan Bell was just pissed off at that post, um, and that doesn't count. John Hack asking me if I was Steve Denovi was a troll, and it was an in-person troll, and it was live for thousands of people to see. I really didn't know how to respond to it. Like, there was no cool way to respond to that. I couldn't have, like, another quip. Like, oh, who are you, uh, Andy Huang? Are you that huge Asian guy? Like, everything I would have said after that would have came off as stupid and lame, and that's what happened. That's what happens when you get trolled in person to your face by the best lifter in the world. So that's my winner. Yeah, it has to win. I agree. And on top of that, like, to add 
I don't know about insult to injury because it's like adding an insult to another insult. I went in for a fist bump and he snubbed me. Everyone saw that. That is a very, you know, photographed moment. So it was it was a day um that was good for two white lights, but it was uh it was a it was a hard day for me. A lot of memes uh happened and a lot of embarrassment. So Meme, memes are good for two white lights that only imp- that only improves our cause and our reach. Yeah. Well, and it got John Hack on the show. It it did. It did. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. I, I think I think he was bound to come on a few times. I just didn't want to pull the trigger until the perfect moment. I think we found one. Um, all right. So speaking of memes, best meme account. We love our memes on Two White Lights. We got Squat Meme Deadlift, Massonomics, Subpar. I would put Massonomics as an underrated meme page. Subpar Powerlifting Memes and Barbell Meme. Meet it. How do you even say that? Me medicine. Me medicine. Okay. Yeah, that just was a hard one. I don't know. This is a gonna be bad radio. Radio here. I feel like there's one that I'm forgetting, and I, I can't think of the name. But they have really good memes. It's more like shit. It's not schizo. It's it's not schizo. I, I, I know what you're talking about. It's schizo something. They don't post enough though, or else I would have put them because they they're so hilarious. I can't. I can't find the. No, it's it's bothering me that I can't find it. Um, the only issue that that's a great meme page. They don't post about us. Squat meme deadlift. It, it, they, he yeah, told me today. Us. He's made two posts about me and four about you this year. Oh, did I lose my title though as most meme powerlifter? Because I think I won that title. You last may have. Time. I told him. I told him you under, got underdone. Subpar yeah. powerlifting memes and barbell meme medicine both memed me multiple times, I believe. I don't think they memed you. <laughs> hold on. So I did forgot, I get, hold on. Did, I forgot about this meme possibly been meme more than you this year? I forgot about this meme page, which delivers gems at times, is uh, Sumo Gond... I don't know how to pronounce it. Sumo Mongolia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one... I mean, they're they're cance- Like, if you repost them on your page, they're cancelable. I think I got I posted one that was like arguably anti-Semitic once, so I, I guess I'm in the same same realm as uh, Kanye. Um, it was a good one, but I mean that one's up there. What I fuck? I am not gonna sleep well until I find the schizo one. Cause yeah, I write there like you're right. Like they don't post enough, but the memes that they have on there are quality. I want to just give them a shout out for everyone to like listen to them. I'm just gonna search. Yeah, memes. I don't know. I know they fo- I know they follow me, and I follow them. Memes to depth is a good oh, one too. Psycho, psychotic lifter. I'm not. I don't like cussing, but crap posts. Is it that? Psychotic lifter shit posts. You can do that. You can put shit in your. I guess so. I don't know that. I'm trying to see. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. That's it. I really like that one. Yeah, we got some good ones on this one. Definitely, definitely follow that one. Yeah, psychotic lifter shit posts. You don't like you. I feel like you swear a good amount on here. Me you not? No. Huh. I've done it like once or you twice are, ever. It, it, yeah, you. I guess uh, your like uneasiness or your the things that make me uncomfortable. Oh, you know your stories are R-rated without swearing. Yeah. All right. Yep. I, yeah. You definitely, definitely. <laughs> just look at. 
I just looked at the meme. This is so so stupid to say on a podcast. USAPL's graphic design team, and it was the one of the bowling pins that was the JFK assassination. <laughs> oh, I love that one. Um, squat meme deadlift, though, is the most quality memes. They're most relatable on point, and of course, we go to a bias. They post about us. We're very narcissistic. Yes. Yes. No. Squat mean deadlift. Two-time I, winner. I, I think they get it for a second year in a row. All right. Two-time winner. We got a dynasty going. Local meet of the year. Now, this is going to cause a lot of debate because we got Carolina Primetime Defending Champion, TBS Primetime, Corrupted Classic, Hybrid Showdown. I – and also, we got to add, as far as actual local meets, Cal State Championships – because that's a true local meet and a state championship with a lot of lifters and a multi-platform meet. But I want to remove hybrid showdown and Carolina primetime only because Carolina primetime was a pro meet. It was qualified under. No, I don't. I don't think that's still a local meet. But it was it's not classified as a pro meet. It it was, it was because of some weird stipulation it was still a local meet i i look at the financing of it like the financing of it is not what like the virginia pro has like the virginia pro is local too like that's not a nationally run national office run meet but the financing of it's is completely different i i still consider carolina prime time a local meet oh that is Okay, I mean, I, I would agree because what Marshall and Megan did was a local meet setup. They they had to use their, I don't know, local meet as stupid, local meetness of setting up a meet and, you know, making it look great and getting that roster and doing the live stream stuff. So was, a lot of it was by hand. Like the Virginia Pro, like you said, was different. It's got that different sh- sort of funding, and it's kind of got that national backing where it is a pro meet that's within the pro series. Um, Same thing like the American American uh, Pro, too. I, I don't agree. consider that local. The hybrid, I mean, hybrid, it was a local meet, too, with just, just how it was set up. Like then Now I put hybrid on that list, too. Um, corrupted is, is definitely on there. I would put Cal State Championships as a nomination over Corrupted because Corrupted was a fantastic roster. Um, it had a lot of great moments. The atmosphere there was, was amazing. But there was a lot of things that if it's a local meet, there's issues. Like the meet running really, really long. Um, the live stream being unwatchable at certain points and the live stream needed help. Um, and just like just general issues with a local meet that happens and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you have Cal state championships running almost the same exact meet, it being an expo with a ton of lifters there with a lot of people going, um, you had a lot of vendors, you had a lot of moving parts and it running very smoothly and a great live stream to go along with it and an awesome atmosphere. That to me was like, if they had corrupted roster, that might have been the meat of the year, but they just didn't have corrupted roster. They just didn't have to have those connections to well, getting those. You're the there. only one to be at all of these. Yeah. So you you have the you really have the final say here. Well, I have my opinion. Well, let me give. You I mean, really have the final say. Well, that, yeah. I mean, let me give. I mean, it's really it's really between TBS and Carolina primetime. Because I mean, the, yeah, I, that I to agree. me, it's like it's that's a two horse thing. TBS 
was another one of those true local meets where it was set up by Mark. Um, the live stream was, you know, it's handmade, and you got a great roster. You had really good lifting on that day that made a very enjoyable viewing experience for us. We were sitting there. We're enjoying every second of it. Um, it was well-organized. It was smooth. It was well-operating. The lifters were kept safe because of the good spotting and loading crew. They had an early morning session that moved very smoothly. So you had all that into TBS. Um, and But the same thing with Carolina Primetime and kind of the tiebreaker's roster. And Carolina Primetime yeah. just had the better roster. That's that's really it. That's kind of the situation last year, too. I mean, it's just it's that was probably the tiebreaker, and that personally is a tiebreaker for me because well, we're just going based off of simply the type. I meet. mean, last year, TBS definitely had the better live stream. Without a doubt, TBS had the better live stream. This year, it's it was actually a great thing. This was um this was cool. So TBS and Carolina Primetime had live streams that were both really, really good. And I'm not going to decide who had the better live stream because it was just so high quality. Yeah, I'm not going to judge high quality live streams after what I saw at Carolina Primetime Virginia Pro. You can't, or not Virginia Pro, TBS. You can't make the distinction between the two because they both did a very good job of having a watchable live stream that was crystal clear, good graphics, good overlays, all that. That should be the norm. We shouldn't be talking at a point about who has the better live stream. It should all just be really good live streams, and what we're talking about is the lifter and the lifting actually taking place. So that's that's what TBS and Carolina Primetime did fantastic this year is they made comparable live streams that should be the standard as far as national meets. And we're going to get that too. We're going to get them both of them working together. Yes, sir. And the best collab in powerlifting I, history. I, I, I assume that – I don't know if we'll be able to consider that a local – are we going to be able to consider that local meet of the year? That might be just meet it's of the year. That might be in the meet of the year category. Yeah. Either way. All right. Well, what's your decision? I Like I said, tiebreaker, Carolina primetime simply because of the roster. Everything else identical. Um, but it, it if it comes out that it, – it's very similar to the Joe Bornstein situation. If it's qualified as a pro well, meet, speaking of the Joe, TBS. Yeah, how's that doing? So, I'm looking right now. So, I'm going to go the same as you. Like, the, I mean, I I honestly thought both of them upped their game and what they needed to up. Like, I thought Carolina Primetime's actual venue wasn't as good last year as TBS in the presentation. That got upped. I thought TBS's live stream wasn't as good as Carolina Primetime last year. That got up. They both they both were almost identical in the sense of like what they actually did. Oh, wow. We got, and so I'm going Carolina primetime yeah. simply the tiebreaker because the actual competition, but the Joe Bornstein, it's 53% this year, 47% 2023. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing right now. It's, it's, uh, it's very close. Oh man. Yeah. That's about as close as I thought it would get. All right, we'll wait. We'll wait until the end. We got got a lot. We got a lot to get through still. Um, Okay, so yeah, local meet of the the year, year. Carolina primetime. Yeah, meet of the year now. So we got Virginia Pro, um, American Pro, and I mean, (laughs) I, I, I guess you would throw in IPF Worlds and Mega Nationals there too, right? Like as far as meets of the year. Yeah, I, I'm not even including those because those are just kind of like we, we already know those are like 
I don't think USAPL or IPF care about getting an award for meet of the year. Okay, so this is going to be really tough because you were at Virginia Pro. I wasn't. I was at American Pro, and you weren't. So So we just got to judge. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to guess. So the Virginia Pro this year was just as good, if not better, than last year. It's the best non-nationals meet. I mean, honestly, it's probably better than the Arnold in the sense of like all the stuff they put into it, because it's like the Arnold, except it's not tried to stretch over three days. We're not something like the pro meet doesn't prioritize necessarily at the Arnold. Like it should be the VA pro is insane. Best meet I've ever been to. I wasn't at the American pro, but the issue I have here of why I could, I would not be against American pro winning is what the American pro did for the untested side. Yeah. If you, if you think it was that, if you, because again, I wasn't there. If you think it was that good, I could see the American Pro winning, even if the VA Pro was a better run beat overall and just better production and all that kind of stuff because of the American Pro's actual like significance to the untested side of powerlifting and how big of a step up that was for well, what they do. Again, yeah, it's going to be hard because we both weren't there to really judge it. But it's like um, I think American Pro also beat them on moments. It felt like they're the Virginia Pro – um, did, like we said at the beginning of the show, didn't have, or we might've said it prior, uh, before recording. I can't remember. It's been two hours. The Virginia pro didn't have the performances and the standout performances that we were expecting. You know, there was missed lifts. There was some performances that weren't great. There was a good amount of bomb outs at it too. American pro had that, but it had a lot of moments in there too. And those singular performances where it was kind of hard to pick out what was the story. Dan Grisby was the story based on the deadlift, but then you still had John Hack doing, you know, what John Hack does. You had Tamara Walk- Walcott making history. You had a lot of history being made at that meet. And also, it, it did add this potential of powerlifting being a spectator sport that people got to see because it did feel like I was at a sporting event while watching and commentating it and seeing people and how they were acting. You know, you had... Like I said, like a legitimate bar, legitimate concessions, um, a legitimate space that is made to watch meets. Um, so I, I think American Pro gets a nod here as far as meet of the year. That was um, something they thought outside the box on, and I think a lot of people could take influences from that meet. And I think a, we're seeing that happen too because the American Pro, whether they want to admit it or not, they got influence from the Virginia Pro, and some of the pro meets that they saw just happened throughout powerlifting. That's good. It's not an insult, by the way, when I say that. You need to do that. Steal from people. Fuck it. Have a red carpet event. Have a press conference. Do all these things. Keep going with it. Make the meat smaller. Make the meat condense the roster a little bit. Those are all good ideas for these pro meets. If you want to have this meet that is a center stage meet, you have to do those kind of things. Um, And I think we can use American Pro on our side and see what can be used to make pro meets better in the USAPL. My only thing, I started shifting towards American Pro. I'm shifting back to VA Pro because if I'm going, what was the actual better meet? And not in just the VA pro had competition. It it had competition too. the American pro had too many things with bad judging with 
live stream was good, but I wouldn't say it was fantastic. Um, there was say... some unprofessionalism in some of the uh, MCing. Okay. I didn't have any of that on the VA Pro side. Okay, I would I would disagree with you. Um, to the extent where bad judging takes place, I'm not gonna call me. I'm not going to. Huh, I, I now, now you got me thinking on the other side. Is it a bad Super Bowl if there was poor officiating, or does that make a Super Bowl more memorable? I don't know. You know, like maybe, maybe not. The Immaculate Conception, a legendary NFL game, was bad officiating, but it's one of the greatest NFL moments of all time. Because that was a rule that you that was that was against the rules. At the time, it was so it's bad officiating. Um, so I, I would admit that the emceeing, yeah, I could do without, but I'm not going to hold it against them too much. The only other thing that's like, okay, the Virginia Pro definitely is a smaller roster and a much more viewable roster. It was maybe, a, if I would say a spectator, an actual true spectator to the meets, Virginia Pro or the American Pro, at a point I'll be like, okay, I'm leaving, like, and then coming back because this is just too long. It's one of those it's 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 too many lifters and the point should be a center stage. I understand why they had so many lifters because of the space and the amount of money that went into it, but as a spectator I've been like, okay, cuz I was commentating, time goes by faster when you're commentating. Uh there's also points where I just wasn't watching a lot of the meat because I was out at the bar kind of to kill that time. And, like, eating and, like, you know, getting my food and shit. So that would be something I would hold against it, them where I think meets, if it is going to be these high-production, high-produced pro meets, they got to have less people competing at it. Well, that's the opposite of what they're doing next year. Yeah, I know. But I know. I disagree, and I disagree with what they're I, doing. Yeah, I, I changed my mind. I got to go VA Pro because the VA Pro, bitch, the only knock is that some of the performances didn't live up to the hype, but they were still good. The VA Pro, the actual meet, was near flawless. Like, every everything about it was about flawless. Execution, every every little thing about it was flawless. I don't I don't think I could go against it. I, because we're going to be split on this one. We don't have a vote. I say we hold this one. We hold it. We hold it. We put well, a vote. Go put another. I, we don't go have, put another. All right, we don't have a lot of time. Steve. Steve. We have a lot of time, but I'll try. Meet of the year, VA Pro, American Pro. Which, by the way, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on on tested side. This is my critique. You definitely took the pro shit from the tested side. You didn't you didn't need to do that. You could have named it something. You could have named all your meat something else aside from pro. Okay, we'll find out, and we'll at the that that and the Joe Bornstein versus John Hill will decide at the end once the last after we do the. Final two awards. We'll look at those and have the deciding factor. Okay. Two white lights, biggest hater of the year. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this is going to be fun because uh, we usually make about five every year. Hopefully that number continues. We have Marcus Adudu, uh, C.T. Whitney, Shonika Frown, and James Cole. Um, I'm going to remove C.T. Whitney from this because I think he just doesn't like Joe Stanek. I think he's cool with two white lights as a whole. And also, I three white lights. Three, yeah, I think he figured he now knows the name. Um, 
He doesn't know my name, PR's performance. He can't say that either, though. But I don't think he dislikes you. Because particularly, no. Which is not completely, he's an unofficial coach, but he's not completely two white lights based. Um, Marcus is up there because I you know he called all three of us out. He called you on everyone. Actually, the great thing about this one, it's in unison that it's mostly people don't like you, right? Based on everyone here, aside from CT Whitney, which is a remote. No, just two. Yeah. J- so that's James majority. wasn't against me, was he? That's no, it's 66%. That's mostly you. Marcus. No, and, we had four yeah. Marcus, CT, Shanika, and James. And I just removed two of those CT, is me. And I just removed CT. Two was from general it. two white lights. No, it's not general two white lights. One, I think, is general Joe Stanek, so I'm going to remove that one. And I'm going to go James Cole, um, uh, Shmonika, and then Marcus. And two of the three hate you, and that's 66%. So that's a good thing. Um, cause I, I think, agree. I've made more. We, I honestly think we could almost add Taylor Atwood and he hates me too. So yeah, most improved, most improved or yeah, Steve, most improved hated on is you. You won that award this year. Um, most approved villain. Yeah. Um, I mean, Marcus. Okay. So with that, I think, um, yeah, cause I don't want to, I don't want to elaborate too much. Bonica expressed, I think disdain for this show publicly and privately and James Cole just walked straight up to my face like hey man hated your fucking podcast <laughs> and I was like all right red and he's like whatever he's like I, I understand what you guys just hated listening to it I'm like okay and he's like like the show just hated everything you guys said um can we give I think the true answer here is definitely Bonica can we give her the award without causing like well we can't a terrible we uproar? can't say her name exactly but do we just put uh lifter she who shall not no, redacted, be named redacted yeah like lifter redacted and then people have to figure out who we're talking about and if you're listening to the show you know exactly what we're talking about we legally can't say her name okay full name okay lifter redacted has won two white lights hey yeah, dear because i can't put marcus up there i mean i mean, he at least I think he listens to the other shows, and I mean, I think Two White Lights and Marcus have a good relationship, and he made us eat crow a little bit on the thing. So, yeah, I think just I think on Massonomics, she she fully said she didn't like us, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. That there you go. I mean, she publicly said that, so I'm cool with that. Lifter redacted. Biggest beef of the year. Okay. Gauge versus corrupted. <laughs> Hashtag free gauge. Wheeze first group chats. Gaston first powerlifting rules. And Derek first Jamal. Then we have IPF first Rondell. Garrett first Andrew House. And Marcellus's first Steve's discount codes. Um, Actually, I think we've got I think we've got a new one to add that's kind of really brewing. Rondell that honestly, is starting to be my favorite one. Rondell and Atwood for sure. Yes. That has I been a very think... good. Tw- that's been a very good social media beef right now. Be- All right, Taylor Atwood posted this on a story today. That was not a question, and I I am calling conspiracy. Did was that was that Justin? Was that a Justin question or Justin comment? You can do that on Q and As, and I and I've called collusion on certain people before. Did someone actually say that? Because it just seemed really stupid and weird to, to say in a Q&A. 
Wait, did you see Rondell's? Rondell's today? was all time amazing. Yes, that was the best. We can't say it because we're both white, but that was the best thing ever. Rondell is for sure, as far as this like actual back and forth goes, Rondell is winning this battle just based on creativity and fun things that he's saying. But I don't know. Taylor Atwood's story, it said something like Rondell thinks you're actually going to beat his dot score. Stay up, camp. I'm like, I. I. Don't know why that was weird, but it was weird to me, and it was awkward. Just saying. But, this, yeah, this beef is turning to be a really good one. Um, that actually might be my front runner because all the other ones is, like, in the shadows. Gaging Corrupted. Well, Gaston versus, Gaston versus Power of Thing Rules is my, is my other one that I think it has to go against. No, nah, you're, you're absolutely right on that one. Gaston versus Power of Thing Rules, he has made it a – it made it very clear that he's just declaring war on all of them. He just, it's like, he just doesn't like them. It's like it should, he is the equivalent of a person who doesn't work out regularly, but has an interest in fitness. And he is running a powerlifting federation. That is what I think of a person who's like, he's a, he's a gym bro who doesn't bro. Yeah. He's a gym bro who got to control powerlifting and then get to make, rules how he wanted to because he doesn't like arching sumo deadlift or anything that's cheating yeah guy to wear gloves at gym all right you everyone has to agree with me on this one you i cannot be wrong which again i might be fucking up my chances if i ever want to compete in ipf getting a white light of my life but a guy who wears gloves at the gym wears a tank top not quite in, not really in shape at all. Shadow boxes in between sets. No, that wouldn't be what Gaston is. That is what Gaston looks like to me. And based on his rules that he's making, that's who he is because that's the type of guy who comments on bench arches, sumo deadlifts and all the dumb shit that like shouldn't be debates in powerlifting. Can you imagine right now, Gaston taking off the suits, putting on a cutoff t-shirt putting on gloves and the glasses and kind of just sitting on the elliptical for a while and then maybe doing a, a dumbbell curl here and there and then doing the lap pull down <laughs> just for a sec. Come on, it's him. It's him. He's him. Who's him of the year? That is Gaston. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's perfect. It's, it's, it, I can't. The visual is too perfect and the actions are too perfect not for me to make that correlation. I mean, we're, we're kind of off well, subject here, but yeah, I, like he's declared war on it. I agree then. Well, is it Rondell versus Atwood or Gaston versus powerlifting rules? Oh, God. All I right, honestly so feel like Gaston for I'm going rules. Gaston versus powerlifting Me- rules because I think Rondell versus Atwood is next year. Yeah, I, I think so it's too. Just, it's just kind of starting. That's just, yeah, that's going to re- reach a fever pitch. Derek and Jamal, Jamal doesn't say anything about this. Derek is fully, like, just constant with it. Um, Gaitress corrupted. We've been seeing some little good like r- reminders of like that happened, but um, that's too much in the shadows. Same thing with you know Wee's first little group chats. Like it's too much in the shadows, so we we can't really you know award it. But I'll agree with you. Um, Gasan first powerlifting rules. One of the biggest awards coming up next. Two white lights. Biggest fan award, and we had a really easy one. Right, because we kind of just named it this year. Yeah, well, people, well, people, uh, we we would have had a little bit more of a, a subjective thing to it, but then people started posting their Spotify Wrapped, and then Elijah Parker 
posted he's listened to 19,591 minutes of two white lights this year. Game, set, match, he wins. Yep. No. Yep, Eliza Parker, uh, send your information in the two white lights. We are going to get you um, some two white lights merchandise. That is the award for winning this um, this prestigious award, two white lights biggest fan award. Runner up Jesse Richardson. He posted he had eleven thousand eight hundred and sixty seven minutes. Okay. Yeah, and then of course, but yeah, we gotta we gotta give a shout out to um, Squat Meme Deadlift as well. Yeah, we just we put, were number we one on your the list. The guy who runs Squat Meme Deadlift. <laughs> we do not know his name. Um, and we were number one this year in his Spotify rap. So he might have juiced it just a little bit. I don't know, but still, I I. I do not mind collusion when it comes to that. Because, again, narcissistic. We got big e- egos on two white lights. Um, male guest of the year. Okay. So, male guest of the year is based on most listens. And this year, John Hack had by far the most listens on the male side. But... He has not beat the all-time listens record, and that is Derek Thistlewaite still with the most amount of listens. So, John Hack, I just wanted to add that in there because you have a lot of awards. Three. <laughs> Your three awards. How did Rondell do? I felt like Rondell. Rondell's doing really well, but he won't. He will not Just surpass John Hack. It. It's been no. It's been good. It's been a good. He's not going to pass John Hack. Just within yeah. the amount of time within this year, he won't. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see the trends, and it's just not going to happen. Um, he will be second, definitely, as far as listens. Um, he he's he would be up there, but yeah. Uh, best male guest of the year based on listens. We haven't as many guests on this year, so I guess it's a little bit easier to win. But um, John Hack, I think, is the second most listened to guest we've had on next to Derek Thistlewaite. So uh, surpassing Russ Orhe and Taylor Atwood, which is some big, whenever we have them on, we're going to get a lot of downloads and yeah. And best female guest of the year, Jess Bittner won that's one of the most listened to episodes of the year. Um, so even if it was only on one headphone, it was on one headphone. I don't know what happened there. That's on me. Bad podcasting, worst podcasting uh, editing of the year was that. Moment from me. So Jess Bittner, John Hack, what a strong duo we have for best uh, guests of the year. So shirts will be probably coming their way. I gotta send one to Derek this way. I think he said no <laughs> to me offering no. He doesn't want offering merchandise. I think I think if I see him next, I'm just gonna give him a shirt. I'm gonna ask his size right now. He's gotta wet the beak a little bit, right? Um, I mean. I'm not going to call the award show to a close just yet. Um, I'm going to go with just like two white lights, two white lighter of the year. David Wilson, unprecedented amount of two white light lifts on his squat. So he's the two white lighter of the year. I'll send a shirt out to David Wilson any day of the week, twice on Sundays. Um, how about, how about this one? Moments of the year. What has been the best moment in powerlifting? I think it's a good one not to do research on. Because you just have to think hmm. about the moment and what it meant. That's hard because then there's there's obviously bias in the sense of what meant sure. more to me versus sure. Huh. 
end it there? Well, I'm very really? biased because of a coach. Okay. Because but- it would probably be all about my lifters, but I'm trying. I'm trying to be unbiased and think of powerlifting as a whole moment of the year. I mean, of all the powerlifting we've seen this year, there's not a moment that sticks out. The to most, you. the most, the most historic moment of the year is Dan Grigsby's deadlift. That was going to be my pick too, just because I was in that room while it happened, and it was like a, it was like a Renaissance painting. You could have made a painting out of that aerial view that I had. All the people just watching with their head, with just on their feet, making a lot of noise. You can tell they're making noise even if you're not there hearing it. You can see the noise. That was the moment that stuck out for me the most. Was was that moment, um, and it was a historical thing, but also just a, a, a moment thing as well. Um, I think from Mega Nationals though, was David Wilson's just, but it was always it, it's it was mislifts that were big moments this year too. So David Wilson loading yeah. that, I think I lost my mind for that more than almost anything. But then also <laughs> Ina missing his deadlift, um, that was kind of the moment for my PF Worlds, but also Jess Bittner beating Agatha Sicko. Um, at Worlds too, I think would be was the best moment at that Worlds. Uh, but Chance yeah. winning as well. I was gonna put it, Jessica up there. Chance less, winning, less known. Kevin, Kevin wins pull for the win. So Kevin win. Yeah, hundred twenty kilo. I mean Trey. Rick, I mean, uh, uh, as far as commentating goes, Trey Ricard missing his first two attempts and nailing his third. I think Celine Crum winning. I think the battle between Celine Nick's, and Natalie. Actually, wait, we missed one. What? Have to edit it. There is there is yeah, we're gonna have to edit this because we we skipped over the actual best moment of the year. Oh, I think I know. Do you're you talking know what about the best it. moment of the year was? Well Matt Weisberg's <laughs> switch up. Oh yeah, that was we gotta get uh, I watch that just sometimes. That is one of the few things I just go back in powerlifting and watch because oh just this entire meet. Because I don't know, we gotta give we gotta make an award named after Matt Weisberg. We have to start naming awards after people. I don't know. I don't know what we do for Matt Weisenberg. We have to name an award after him because he, yeah, he put on. In spite of him bombing at Collegiate Nationals, which he did, he put on a fantastic show for us and the viewing experience. And a lot of people were just messaging us how much they love watching him. And yeah, I did too. That was great. Uh, I was. I thought you were about to say League Earth. But League Earth is up there too. Anytime League Earth. And the earthquake makes a presence that is up there, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the chance Matt Weisberg Matt Weisberg has to be number one. I actually think this is stupid, but it's kind of true. Chance Mitchell beating Keiko would have been like uh, definitely the moment, but it didn't happen in a part where Chance had to hit a final deadlift, and it it yeah. happened like. It was anticlimactic, which I guess shouldn't stop it, but it does, right? Like World Series moments. You remember the walk-off home run from Joe Carter? You know? Like, you remember the walk-off. You remember that because it, like, that's the, the last thing that happens. So, like, the big pull, like, the big pull is that big moment where it's it's like the walk-off home run. It's like the buzzer beater and, uh, like, the buzzer beater in basketball. So, like, Chance Mitchell would probably be, like, up there with all the ones that we mentioned um, if it was a situation where he beat him on his last pull, but just being in the room for Dan Grisby's two deadlifts, even though when he missed, the energy in that crowd was just unbelievable. So I think that'll be a good way to end off this two We got to finalize the last two. Oh, yeah, we do. I mean, the we, Virginia Pro one, this it's, one's it's, tough. It's, this is up for debate. It's pretty, much, 
The VA Pro is winning handily. So that's going to win me to the no, year. No, it's not. And then it's still... It's the same thing. 64-36. I'm getting different numbers here. Oh, 56-44 now. Yeah. That's not even a, that's not a super majority. Sorry. Okay. We will change if needed. But since we have to end the episode, tentatively, VA Pro is me to the year. And tentatively, Jonathan Hill is the breakout candidate of the year because it says based off of this joe with bornstein 53 percent say he's already broken out all right okay i mean and we will we will change we will change those if the uh if the poll adjusts over the next 24 hours okay all right well another year another award show we might have another we might have two episodes prior to the year end um we might have a virginia pro recap it'll be very late but with the award show needing to be done today on the holidays rolling around. We might not get to it. And then possibly a year-end show. Um, maybe similar to what we did last year. Um, but the award show, thank you for everyone listening. Thank you again. If the award goes out, the best powerlifting fans in the sport is most definitely the two White Lights fans. All give yourself an award for that one. If I can give an award to all my our, our subscribers, I would. But we can't. That's not all the people we... who purchased Steve After Dark shirts. There's, yeah, I'm still disappointed about that. Even in spite of it being very good for you know two white lights and getting us potentially new equipment and all that stuff, it's uh, you're just you're just you're just whoring me out for money. It's disgusting. Yeah, you enjoy it. We all know you like it. All right, that'll do it. Yeah, a little bit for this year's awards. Everyone listening, have a good enough year, and maybe you're going to be nominated for an award next year. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.